0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk Sport powered by fans.
1: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only, on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. Hey everyone and welcome to the 115th edition of the Always Wolves podcast and big thank you to Wolves because we are in the dressing room, the home dressing room of Molyneux and a man that is very familiar to this dressing room, although it's changed a bit hasn't it in your time. We've got with us today uh, Wolves legend, nine years with the club, uh, Dave Edwards. Welcome mate, how are you feeling?
3: I'm good. Yeah, it feels a bit different in here about the emotions of a match day. It's It's definitely changed a lot. Yeah, there's all sorts going on there now. It's just the wooden benches and all. that makes me feel old, but it wasn't too long ago. But a lot's changed, and it's nice to come in and not. No, I'm not going to get a bollock in. <laughs> <laughs> also
2: with us tonight, we have uh, Mr. Jason Guy. Um, obviously also runs the fantastic uh, Wolf Whistle podcast. Uh, great fundraiser. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, I'm good.
4: I'm just looking at the magnetic board over there that Carla Kamey punched. You were playing that <laughs> name, weren't you? Know, I was in the treatment room. I, I was, <laughs> yeah. I'd come off in the first half. Do you actually remember the, the, remember the noise? Or? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
3: I remember it. Uh, the, we'll have, you know What was that half-time like after he broke his... Broke his uh, Wrist. It. Oh. I don't, we obviously can't see this from the camera, but he was sat there. He's walked over and punched the board over there, and then there's a little loop around in the dressing room. So he's yeah. walked over there. I think he's gone to the toilet, taken his glove off, realised he's damaged his hand, and then you can lap around to the, um, <laughs> the treatment room. That's where I was. I was sat because I, I broke my foot that game as well. Oh, God, yeah. So I think I'd come off first. Stephen Hunt had pulled his hamstring. Hunter, yeah, and then obviously Carl at half time he came in, he said, Doc, can you have a look at this? And a bone was just sticking up oh, in the air no like that. Me. Um and like the, doc, you the doc was like, Yeah, you've you broke yeah. your hands, so then the doc had to walk in, bless him and tell Dean Saunders <laughs> that he, he needed <laughs> uh, to make another sub and all the subs had gone. Yeah. Absolute oh. nightmare that yeah, day it then. It was. It was. Galvanized us though, we're one nil down at half time against Bristol City and we ended up winning two one, I think. Yeah. Brilliant.
2: it's funny how these little things can actually uh, galvanise the team and change, yeah. change it's fantastic, interesting team talk that would have been I'm guessing, <laughs> we've also got obviously uh, M- uh, Manny here obviously uh, does a load of fundraising as well, uh, you've got your new uh, Samosa Saturday coming up, you're doing the marathon as well Manny?
5: Yeah, a very busy month and I've um, been here since 12 o'clock today because we've been here with the ambassadors of um, Dementia UK, we had a annual meetup at Molyneux which was nice for them um, uh, so, yeah, looking forward to tonight.
2: Absolutely, and it does, you know, if you've got to be somewhere for a day, Molyneux's not a bad place
5: to be, is it? <laughs> so it's a pretty good place. And Molyneux with it being is just there. Into, yeah, I suppose it's a, it's a ma- match-free week. So um, the club are very kindly, you know, given that's one thing the club do really well. They do give the stadium out to the community for charity events and and even and you guys tonight, you know. So um, kudos to the. The management of the club for doing that.
2: Absolutely, and we've also got and there's a, it got a little bit extra on his name. It is now Doctor Paul Mansell because you've just got your doctorate in sports science. Is that correct?
0: Sports psychology. Sports yeah. psychology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It feels so strange to be addressed in that way. I'm just a normal bloke from Dudley, so um, Dudley. It's really we have worked yeah.
2: hard for that. How long has it taken to get your doctorate, Paul? Because well, it's a massive <clears throat> achievement.
0: Yeah, I started my master's in 2016 and then the PhD's taken four years. have been working all the way through. Um, so it's been the culmination of a lot of hard work and
6: Brilliant.
0: so relieved that it's done. And the key thing now is that I want to try and use it to, to work in the community, work with... Um, students, athletes... Work with the Wall Strikers. What, <laughs> how do you find the net? I would be
4: milking that on flights, hotel stays, doctor this, doctor that, yeah. restaurant bookings. I'm scared <laughs> to cough now in case we can diagnose.
2: I think it goes for all of us, Paul, to say a massive congratulations. for yeah, well That is the, well done, absolutely brilliant. Thank really well done, done, mate. Congratulations. Thanks very much. Well, <coughs> we're going to be talking about a lot tonight. We're going to be. Uh, these are, this is what we're going to be covering uh, in today's podcast. It's uh, We're going to obviously... First of all, because we've got Dave here and there 's a massive fundraiser that's going to be taking place this weekend uh, over in Shrewsbury is, is Dave Edwards' charity game. So we're going to cover in that. But we're also going to be talking, of course, about the relegation scrap. Uh, has player... Dave calmed down, has he? <laughs> yeah, we'll come on to that. The relegation scrap, uh, I think that also uh, goes straight into also talking about player discipline and the refereeing and then the VAR standards. Wolves defence, Wolves attack, of course. Uh, the substitutions because we've seen a different way of substitutions with Laportege than Bruno Large. We're going to be doing a Q and A, and part of that we're going to be uh, at the end. We're going to be uh, talking to all of us here. Are Wolves going to stay up? We have so many of you that's messaged Dave asking, Dave, are we going to uh, are we going to stay up? So we're going to we're all going to have a go at that, and what points and where we're going to finish, and of course, uh, you know, we're going to talk about everything Wolves. In between, but before we get started, Dave, uh, as a, again, thank you so much for, for coming tonight. But it's really important that we kick off because you, you've got um, your own charity and that is very very close to your to your heart, and you've got this big charity game at the weekend. Do you want to just tell everyone initially a little bit more about that? Because it is on Sunday at half past one, kick off in That's Shrewsbury. Right, yes,
3: yeah. so a Sunday, 1.30 kick off at Montgomery's Waters Meadow, which is obviously Shrewsbury Stadium. Um, and I've been really fortunate to give the opportunity to have a game like this never quite reached 10 years at Walls for a testimonial I was nine and a half and years I... and then I had 7 years or so at Shrewsbury between 2 different spells so um, close to a testimonial but a charity game is more than good enough and 2 amazing courses got Shrewsbury Town Foundation which I'm a trustee of and have been for the last 5 or 6 years and then also Little Rascals Foundation which is a charity that me and my best friend started which supports children with disabilities and their families so um, we are solely um, sort of our income solely comes from fundraising and what we make inside the play center we have. So um, lockdown really hurt us because we couldn't open our play center and we couldn't do any fundraising. You raises. had to move, didn't you? I was told yeah, about, I so heard something about you had to move. That, venue. that was really unfortunate because we put a lot of money into our our little rascals um, soft play center, but we had an eight year lease on the building, and then the the owners unfortunately wanted to take it back yeah. off us. So the the lease ran out, so we had to move sites, um, and we've done that, but after lockdown we we kept our heads above water just about and now we're starting to flourish a little bit again um, but what the new site hasn't got is a, is a sensory room which was used so much at the mm-hmm. old site, um, so many kids ra- ranging from babies right up to sort of um, adolescents and especially children with autism, learning disabilities we've got so much use out of the sensory room so it'd be amazing if we can raise enough money in the game to get the sensory, bu- sensory room built at the new site so that's what we're hoping to raise, but for, from a fans point of view, it's between, say, my two old teams, Shrewsbury and Wolves, players I've played with um, throughout my spells with the clubs. And
2: you want to give I, a little taste for who's going to be Yeah, there? well, I'm,
3: I'm, I'm, so, I'm genuinely so humbled by the response I've had from players, dropping out messages sort of three, four months ago initially to see where the land lay of a lot of lads, and if they were fit and available, every single one of them said they'll play. There's a few which uh, said they've come along, but they can't play for fitness reasons, there's others which are Working maybe on in the international scene. Um, I, I even asked Jolly and les scott recently to come along as a bit of an extra, and he was like, "I'd love to come, but he's wearing them England." So people have other engagements, but anyone who can make it is as doing that, and I'm really humbled by that. So it's proper Walls legends from that sort of 08 to 2012 13 era, with the addition of Sam Ricketts, was a little bit later on. Yeah. So um, yeah, all household names right through the spine of the team: got Carl Icahn, Jody Craddock, Carl Henry. Um, big George Elaković, oh, Steers, Big George, yeah, yeah, um, Dave Jones, Matt Jarvis, Stephen Hunt, Chris Illuma, um, yeah, list goes on. Uh-huh. Some, some proper players. It's gonna
2: be it's gonna be great as well. I mean, it's fantastic. How many are you uh, hoping to turn up? I mean, how many tickets you sell so far, and can people pay on the door on the day?
3: Yeah, so the ticket office is going to be open, and I think for Wolves fans, that's probably the easiest way to buy tickets because the the sign up process from Shrewsbury's Ticket Insight is you have to get a support number and things like yeah. that. So. It's probably easy for Wolves fans if they're thinking of coming just to turn up on the day and buy a ticket, um, and we're hoping to get anywhere up towards five thousand tickets. If you can. I think we sold maybe two and a half thousand tickets at the pre- moment. pre sold already. Pre- yeah. sold already. That's so really good. we're hoping yeah. we can get a few more out in um, the next couple of days, and obviously some turn up on the day as well. Because I think more for obviously the more tickets we sell, the more money we make, which is the main objective. But also for. The players on the pitch, the quality of the players who got mm. on the pitch, I feel like it deserves to have a decent crowd there, because yeah. this group of players probably hasn't see, been seen together since uh, they left yeah. the football club, and it probably won't be seen together again. Yeah. I can't imagine there being many occasions where they're all going to pull on the old gold of, World, uh, of Wolves again, so it's a great opportunity for fans to see that and also show a little bit of thanks to those players who have given a lot for the football club over the years and all in different ways. and. I'm just delighted that so many of them have agreed to play. No,
2: I think it's fantastic, and and this sensory room is so important for kids and stuff like that because it really does engage and gives them. So it's a real thing that you're really wanting to get. How much do you need to sort of make that a dream
3: come to reality? Well, to to build the sensory room and the equipment to go in it, you, you're looking at about 15,000. We want to make it the experience that we wanted to do that. Um, we've been fundraising sort of over the last six months, and we've get to targets but obviously we have to we pay staff as well who we work inside the charity who go out and deliver stuff to the children in terms of clubs and mentoring and all that sort of stuff. But um yeah, if we can get up towards fifteen thousand, I'd say we're about ten
4: thousand short at the moment to, to get that built. So To be honest Dave, I spend fifteen thousand on tickets to win a place to play <laughs> 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 you just built the century. Any of you guys got, got, got a quick question <laughs> for um
2: for Dave on this? <laughs>
0: Not about the game on Sunday, but I've got one maybe for later we can return to if you like. Yeah, no, absolutely. <clears throat> Dave, I
2: think it's fantastic. and you know, I just we...
5: say to fans, you know, on Sundays, everybody's sitting at home with nothing to do. And you can pay on the gate. Just get yourselves down there. Yeah. You're going to see a... players... That you, you know, you, you'll probably be up close to them, you'll probably get selfies and yeah. signatures off people that you've never met before, so it's well, a great opportunity. The fans well. afterwards. And yeah, definitely, signatures. essentially yeah. as
3: inclusive as possible. Yeah. You know I mean, the lads are, I think the lads have enjoyed that as well, speaking yeah. to the fans yeah. and doing all that sort of thing, so. It'll be a real yeah.
2: family occasion as well, where it? It's a family experience for everyone. And another question is, like, I'm guessing you're going to be pulling on the old gold and you're obviously going to be doing a half with Wolves and a, or, or a, and a half with
3: Shrewsbury. That's the plan, yeah, that's the plan. I'm thinking, because the Wolves lads are a little bit younger and they're a little bit better as well. <laughs> 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 the stands they play, they're all sort of championship Premier League players where when my time at Shrewsbury is always league, to, league 2, League 1 and those lads are a bit older, so I'm thinking to play for Shrewsbury first. Yeah, I'll say because it's I started my career at Shrewsbury. Because you'll so be fresher, them, yeah. you'll I'm be fresher. thinking I'll be fresher to help them boys out and then I mm. can gone to Wolves in the second half and hopefully enjoy a bit more Of course football. it wasn't many long
2: ago that you know Wolves did go to Shrewsbury in the FA Cup and yeah. Shrewsbury very nearly not, not Wolves out yeah. that was the year that we actually ended up getting to the semi-final we were very yeah. close to going out that game so uh that's great. Listen, uh, as I say, we'll, we'll come back onto this again t- towards the end, but definitely check out. Is there a,
3: like a website or anything, or is it just... Yeah, a, well, anyone who follows me on social media, then I've got loads of stuff on there at the moment on how um, details of the game, how you can buy tickets online. But as I said, you can buy on the day as well. Um, and I'm hoping we'll also maybe post some stuff as well over the next couple of days as well to help me promote it. So fingers crossed the fans will we'll see it. Fantastic. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant.
2: Right, so... Once we've gone through that now, we're gonna obviously come to the uh Do we have to the elephant in the room. It's like wolves obviously it's like you get out and they just drag you back in again and of course we're in a relegation scrap. I'm gonna to go to um to Manny first on this. I mean obviously we had the loss at the weekend and we are gonna be coming on to the referee and player discipline and all that but like how are you feeling now with 10 games to go
5: you know what it's when you look at the table you cannot believe how tight it is between what 12th or 13th to the bottom of the league i've never known the premier league usually you've got by now 10 games to go you've got one cert dead cert is going down and probably another one that's struggling and usually there's three or four sides battling for one spot literally from palace down you know, you've got nine clubs. It's about five points. And it? literally any one of them can go down. So in that respect, it's not a bad position. You know, we're not adrift. One win takes you up, one win takes you down. So literally you haven't got the must win. You've just got to get a collection of points through the whole range of games to keep you up by, you know, hook or by crook. And um, uh, all the teams seem to be doing the same. I mean, Leeds are struggling to beat us. Palace were doing really well, then they've gone on a slide. You know, um, all Southampton ends. were like getting battered at Spurs and then come back to three all. So everybody's producing results that we don't expect, and then other teams are then going and losing. So I think it's going to be like that all the way to the end. But we've just got to get it sorted before that United game for me. Having United, Everton, and Arsenal in your last three games, with them two of them being away. That's, if we need more than a point out of those three games, then we it, start you know, really worrying. It, yeah. we, we have to, we, these games now, right now, you know, Chelsea at home, Forest away, and then you've got Palace, which is a huge game. Brentford. Them, uh, and Bre- these are the games we've got to start winning. I mean, Leeds, we all thought a win against Leeds. Suddenly we would be here in a totally completely different. different frame of mind. We'd have said, well, we've got to 30. we are um, We've sort of... In a way, we would have been, what, eight points ahead of Leeds? Yeah, we would. Yeah. If we had won, and now they've Something got a like point behind it's us, six, it's ridiculous, six, isn't or it? seven points. Yeah, three. yeah. So um I still think there's lots of hope. Loftegui has definitely changed things, but he still does things that frustrate us, you know, with some of his lineups, and then he changes it to make it positive. And you're thinking, well, why don't you just start on that, you know, in that nature? Um, There seems to be, in essence, on keeping a clean sheet and being strong at the back. But our problem for three bloody years is we don't score goals. We've been enough talked goals. about it so many and, times. And, and <clears throat> how many times we've mentioned it. And we've got to, you know, scoring goals takes pressure off defences. Of course it does. If a defence knows that if we don't keep a clean sheet, we're not going to get anything today.
4: You could do with one of them midfielders that arrives late in the yeah, box. Yeah, could. the one that no. runs a very scared. Post. Do we know anyone? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a box to box. Might see one on Sunday.
5: Who yeah. <laughs> you on about, David Jones?
2: <laughs> <right>? <laughs> no, I mean, you make some good points. I mean, on to you on the, the obviously on the relegation. I know you've sort of been simmering for a little while uh, since uh, since the weekend, Paul.
0: Yeah, but I'm trying to retain a, a sense of perspective because when Lopotega came in, I think we're on 10 points. Yeah, rooted, the rooted yeah. to the bottom on Christmas Day we were bottom and also this is against a backdrop have been really poor at the end of last season so to be 13th now with 10 games to go everybody would have taken that if you'd have if you'd have asked them you know would you take it at that point 100% slightly frustrating though that we had an opportunity to put a bit of space between ourselves and the, and the pack below and we haven't taken it so we're right back in, in the mix and it was strange really because after we beat Liverpool 3-0 playing so well like that. Um, I was hearing people on oh, podcasts man. talk about can we push for Europe next season and things like that and I'm like don't get carried away we're still in a scrap here. Mm. So I'm trying to retain a sense of perspective but I'm also feeling a bit frustrated that we've had an opportunity to build on the good start that Lopetegui's made but it's certainly not a lost cause and um, I'm still hopeful going into the last 10 games.
2: Absolutely. And Jason your thoughts?
4: I agree. Really with Paul, we'd, we'd have bit anyone's hand off, wouldn't we, on the, the basis that Lopetegui coming, in, are rooted to the bottom of the table and now we're 13th. Although 13th is probably, it's not an accurate reflection if you look at the points gap between us and the bottom. That's why it would have been a great opportunity the weekend to, to, to obviously start pulling away. But we've got 10 games to go. If we can get 10 points in those 10 games, we're going to be safe. Um, listen, in this man I trust, Lopetegui, here we go. <laughs> Listen, I, 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 he's been getting a little bit of criticism recently from certain, that, that the guy, Sam, who was on the podcast the other day. And I just think it's completely unjust. I think what he's done in these games, how the squad's changed, how the strength in depth on the bench has changed. Listen, I, I don't think we've got, we've got plenty to worry about, but I think we're going to get out of it. Yeah. I'm feeling I'm feeling very positive the fact that Rupert is in charge and I think it's really next season we'll see him come into his own and when he's when he's got full pre-season underneath him and he's got a, a, a fresh start. I mean talking about Europe is just ridiculous. At I this mean point, yeah. one job at a time. But listen, um if we finish 17th this season He's, you know, it's been an absolute success in my eyes from where he was when he took out Well, Arada. that's, that's kind
2: of been his remit, hasn't it? I mean, you look so at the you're... strength of the bench when we start, you know, <clears throat> where we were and where we are now. You know, his remit this year, keep Wolves up and then he can go again next year. Yeah. Dave, you know, you've probably, you know, been through... In a, you've been in a dressing room when things are not going well and stuff like that. How do you feel the mentality of the players are being... I mean, we're we going into an international break now and come, coming out of that international I mean, how do you think the mentality of the players are going to be at this point? Well, I
3: think this break's actually come at a good mm-hmm. time. Because I know people, when you lose a game of football, you want another game quickly. But I just feel like the emotion of the yeah. squad at the moment is really heightened. And you saw that at Leeds, you've seen it in other games. And I think that, that's my only worrying factor about Wolves being dragged into this relegation scrap. In terms of the squads from 12th down, I think Wolves got the best squad. I think, mm-hmm. I think they are a terrific squad, terrific players. Technically, they'll be fine just that one worry about the emotion. You saw it at Leeds on on Saturday when things start to go against you and it comes from the bench initially. Like Lopetegui and his staff are very animated in the way they do things. You saw the subs on the bench as well. Then that that transcends onto the pitch as well. And I think I've seen it a few times this year. It happens. I I think the, the worst game for Wolves this season was the Bournemouth game. That was an opportunity they could have really pulled away and made that gap and been comfortable. Um, and I thought you saw that in that game when Wolves went 1 nil down early in the second half. Still 40 minutes left to play, but they got desperate all of a sudden, which is completely against the way Wolves play. They're so pragmatic in the way they keep the ball and try and wait for these opportunities, but all of a sudden they were panicking. And that was so unlike Wolves. So it's just about making sure they, they remain calm and try to put that emotion to the side because they, they haven't got the experience in this dressing room that's been in this sort of situation before. And that can be a good thing or a bad thing, but. We've got to probably look at the positive side that they haven't ever been in a relegation battle. A lot of these lads, um, a lot of players who have played European football in their career and things like that, so they've got that quality. And if they can just let their quality show on the pitch, then they'll be fine. But off the back of Leeds, you go to Nottingham Forest, and that is the one game where yeah. it's their greatest emotion, home as well. Emotions and tensions are going to be so high, especially I mean, after the cup game exactly, as well. Exactly, and that's where Julian Opetaghi's biggest thing will to to help his players remain calm in the game and mm. kind of be Play very the game, not yeah, the occasion. Exactly. Yeah. Be very thoughtful and kind of they're gonna start like a house on fire, Forrestar. They're gonna be all over and they're gonna be snapping into and they're gonna be trying to get yeah. lads Wine riled them. and sent off and booked and things like that. But if they can just stay level headed and let their football do the talking, they're miles better than Forrest. Mm. And that's what that's that's why I think they'll be they will be fine. It's just getting those points on the board because like Jay said, I have no doubt that if they get those points on the board, they'll start to flourish. They stay in the league next year with another transfer window a pre-season. I really think Wolves will be looking top half of the table again and they can start to build. They've got they've got a world-class manager. He's managed yeah. Spain, he's managed Real Madrid, mm. and he's here Sevilla, at Wolves. So in, Sevilla, in final, yeah. And he's here at Wolves. It's mm. pinch yourself time. And the difference he's made in sh- such a short mm. space of time is huge. But I don't think they've got the points on the board that, that necessarily is merited uh, and they're in the position they are because they haven't got those points. So a lot of work to do, um, but it's, I, I generally think it's all about that mentality.
2: Well, you make a good point. I'm going to come to everyone else because we're going to come on to um, oh. player discipline in a, min- in, in a minute, But <clears> and it also comes into the VAR and the refereeing standards. Now, you're quite right, the, the bench are very animated. I think when Lopetegui came in, he was deliberately animated on the bench to say, like, you know, I'm in this, I'm in the battle for you guys. And that's got of fed through the thing. And we saw an upturn in results. But then we've had, obviously, um, the VAR decision at Liverpool. We had the Forest uh, penalty when he took his, 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 uh, his boot off. We had the penalty the week before Leeds. Um, you know, Newcastle, uh, away. Uh, yeah, Newcastle oh, yeah. away, yeah, Newcastle uh, away. When it was nil nil, and New that poke. could have been a possible sending off and another three points. Then we've obviously had the situation. I think all of these situations are fed through not just the manager, but the uh, the team, but you know, equally the players. Because when that when the referee went to the uh, the monitor uh, at the end of the game against Leeds, after he'd already been to the monitor and rightly turned the Johnny into a red card. Everyone was expecting this goal is going to be disallowed. And when it didn't happen, it was like, oh, the World's against Wolves thing, And that sort of affected into the bench. Do you think that's fed through? And how do you think that, you know, how do you think the the VAR and the refereeing has heightened that sense of injustice into the uh, the management and the squad and also the
3: fans? 100%. And you can see the frustration. And you do hope that it will, it will come full circle and they'll benefit from decisions. But... At the moment it does feel like every big decision is going against Wolves and it has cost them points. I think the main one for me for the Premier League anyway was the Newcastle one. Nil yeah. nil and Raul Jimenez gets brought down and Newcastle down to ten men yeah. and Ruben mm-hmm. Neves with a penalty. Wolves win that game. I'm absolutely as And that's three points lost. So it's costing points and that's why they're getting so frustrated. But you've got to hope and believe that there won't be many more that they get wrong and it does feel like from a fan's point of view that there is an agenda against holes. There's, I don't think there is I don't think there's, there is that there but it just feels like that at the moment and I was actually I think I was saying to you boys before I was down at Sky yesterday doing a like a, a, a commentating sort of learning session and we had the a referees meeting about Laws of Game and how Webb was taking it. How oh, was it? So I was yeah, like, yeah, sat on my hands like, oh, don't ask you <laughs> too much about Wolves. He's talking about VAR and I'm Did he give you to... an apology letter and yeah. say, can you deliver that to Wolves? For <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, the next <laughs> It's it fascinating listening to, to him speak about it and he was showing examples of VAR and stuff like that and how they get decisions. And he did say the, the Jimenez that they, they touched on I didn't ask the question, somebody else asked the question about it. Um, and I think the... The referee, whoever it was in the game, the VAR, I think they were, they were told they got it wrong after the game. Mm. Howard the he's, he's, they issued apology, didn't they, to the club? Yeah, so well. um, not that it was Howard Webb's fault. But <coughs> <coughs> yeah.
5: What do you think, Dave, of the refereeing standards now compared to when you were playing? Because we, as fans, we think every game we've got a criticism of the referee and yeah. it never used to be like that. Sometimes we would say, Well oh, he's a good referee today. Is he's a He's making yeah. the game flow, he's yeah. making the right decisions. What do you think? When you watch...
3: I don't think it's necessarily worse. I just think the game has progressed that much that the, the referee and stands haven't gone with it. So okay. the game's yeah. so much faster now. Yeah. Mm. And the referees have to work so hard to get the right angle to see something. And my big problem with VAR is... I actually quite like it. I do think he gets the big decisions right normally. Mm. Um, I know Wall's been on the wrong end of a few of them. But I like it for that reason. But the one thing I don't like about it is if... There's no VR at St James's Park. I think the referee gives that penalty. Yeah. But I think because there's VR, he sit, He waits. Because yeah. he doesn't want to make that mistake. He was a long way away from yeah. it as well, wasn't I, it? Because he was expecting you, the ball to be picked <clears> up there. Exactly. But I think if, if there's no VR, because he knows VR's there, he's thinking I won't give it, and then I can say I was a, I can say I was a long way away, and I'll give it after that, and then VAR comes back and obviously gets it horrifically wrong. But I think there's no VR, he gives it because it looks like a penalty, doesn't it? And I think that happens on quite a few occasions, even like the Sameda one at the weekend, that was a little bit more... I, I wasn't 100% sure if that was mm-hmm. a penalty, but I think you without VAR, he's more likely to give it. Yeah. Um, I've seen it, and I did a, a game against... Um, a commentator in a, a League One game, Plymouth and Derby, and we were talking about that decision yesterday. A lad goes down quite easy and the box with the Samedas, actually, and the referee gave a penalty because it instantly yeah. looked like a penalty, and then Howard Webb was talking about that, and he said... There was you no know, VAR at the game. You said if VAR looked at it, they couldn't turn it down because it's not an obvious error. But yeah. we all looked and said it's very, very soft. Because the referee hasn't got VAR, he just goes, yeah, penalty. Yeah. I'm going to make my call on it. And he makes, um, a, yeah, makes I, a call. Whereas I think now they, they definitely hold back on those big decisions uh, and wait to be told by someone.
2: I've got a little question for you and I'm going to come on to Paul from the psychology side as well of things in a, in a minute. But like, some of the frustration from the fans, and I don't know how you feel about this. When we're like Addison James's Park, for example, you know, if you watch it or watching a game sometimes on the T V, there's so many replays and you're in the ground and you're like trying to check your phone to find out what's going on. The communication um between you just you just don't know. You, you just watch look, You what's watch going cricket,
5: on. you watch rugby, you watch other well, sports that you go to, everybody in the ground knows exactly what's going on because it's replayed they hear everything, they see everything and they, they know the process that's going through. We're checking this now, now we're checking this. Okay, it's not offside, no foul, stay with your decision. So we all know, and there's no communication, that, in a, and <coughs> that makes
3: such a big difference. I'm yeah. lucky enough sometimes I'm on the gantry at Molyneux mm. and I've got the, sort of the the, monitor. the feed on, and you can hear that yeah. conversation, yes. and it clarifies it for you straight yeah. away. Yeah, so yeah. at least then you
2: can actually hear the, 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 the conversation between the VAR, Stockley Park, and um, and, and the, ref. the
3: referee. So you can't hear the referee, but you can hear the so the VAR guys will kind of say, "Checking possible offside," yeah. and then they'll go through the angles and things yeah. like that. So you can hear that bit of conversation. Right. You see exactly what they're looking for. Do
4: you hear everyone say chicken club badge? Oh it was. Yeah. Yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> do you hear them giggling? <laughs> <laughs>
6: laughing. Yeah. Go on, again. go on. do it. Just do it. Yeah, yeah because uh, I mean it's like, it's like the advent deck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think a
2: lot of the fans really would yeah, appreciate. I'm, I'm not on about interviewing referees after game yeah. and stuff like that, and you know turning them into e- even more celebrities yeah. and what they are. But like being able to hear that feed and that conversation, at least then when you're in the stadium, you kind of know what they're looking at. Because honestly, for about two or three minutes at the Newcastle game, we think thinking oh, this is going to get given. It's yeah. like, but th- we didn't know what was happening, yeah. and then
3: I I, re- I really do think they're trying to get to that. I think yeah. they're just trying to find the right. I to, to bring it in how much information they can give out mm. and things like that I think they really wanted because they trialed it in a few, I think they trialed it in the MLS yeah, doing it and I think it got a big no um, I think they did it in a, a, a women's game didn't they not too mm. long ago as well yeah. and that really helped because it was um, a really controversial decision in that game mm. and, uh, but you saw the, what they were thinking sort of from VAR and from the referee so I do think it will come in it's just almost like they seem to be waiting for the right moment where they're not going to get too much prison and then how much they can give away they don't know I, I imagine they don't want to open themselves up I think completely the thing is
5: if that ref running back and he sees that Pope incident and he straight away says can you check that I'm too far away let me know if it was a penalty or yeah. not I don't know straight away we know yeah. where what, the referee stands yeah, yeah. Yeah. and if yeah. the VAR then says um, what what Like ask the referee, what would your on-field decision be from where you are? Well, no penalty, or stick with your decision because we have got no clear evidence. That's at least some feedback. Mm. Or go and I mean, we don't. Why didn't he go? You know, when's the decision made to send the referee to a monitor, and then not? Then you say to a referee, don't go to the monitor. I don't understand that bit because there's no other sport that has a monitor on the pitch side. You have cricketers umpires with the monitor on the side you don't have rugby with a monitor on the side yeah. the VAR have got the monitors you heard got, the like, conversation buddy, six, yeah, they on the they side they've got six blokes in there yeah. why have they got it now send of the referee all the know, every Yeah, the stadium yeah, so round. they yeah. should make the positive decision and say we've seen it we've, no penalty that, or we've seen that it that conversation
3: penalty. you talk about though it, it's so intriguing we were lucky enough again yesterday to the, um, do you know the real controversial one, the Newcastle Forest goal, which happened? Yeah, that was really yeah, great yeah. Great Really, great really great controversial. Great. Hand hand but we got to hear the, the full transcript of what the referee was saying, what yeah. the VR was saying. And... You can understand why they've given the decision. Yeah. They still got that. How Webb said that he's. We still think he's got it wrong. Mm. He should have made that call because yeah. it was about. Um. I think the guy cleared it and they were trying to say is it a deflection or has he actually made an attempt yeah. or that horrible offside rule they that Wolves yeah. got done with and the, yeah. the FA Cup. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. When they didn't have a camera. <laughs> yeah, at <all>. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Apparently. So um. But listen to that whole conversation. You can see where they've got to where they've got to, and yeah. then that helps you understand it massively. And it's quite funny. Listen to that. You can hear the referee's feed as well. And obviously you see, you hear the players coming round him. And I suppose that's one reason they can't mic everyone up.' Because all the oh, players are coming towards yeah, him. Yeah. And he's like, I'm trying, I'm trying. Like, he's trying to listen. So I'm trying, I'm trying. Just give me a minute, give yeah. me a minute. Oh, that's when and they do to, that. He's Just trying to get the players, yeah, the get players get that away. Like, I can't do anything now, so I'm listening. So give me a minute. Then you see players keep coming across. Like, leave me, leave me. And yeah, then yeah. Um, you hear his conversation.
5: And it is very, very good. But the rugby, good. Rugby, uh, uh, rugby referees do. They actually yeah. tell the players, you get back. Go yeah, back, yeah. and they act, and we will respect a referee for saying that. Yeah. If we hear that, we'll respect him yeah. to say, move back. I'm making a decision. Yeah. Go back. You yeah, know. I just think, you think the culture of rugby, in there's
4: just so much more respect for the yeah. officials in rugby than there is in there is. The football.
5: Yeah, there is. I, I suppose you know. But um, you know, when you look at the player discipline, I just want to mention. <laughs> you know, we're playing Forest next, and we've just been charged, obviously, with our conduct. Um, against Forest, And now Leeds today as well. And now today we've also been charged uh, uh, with the conduct of the players right at the end. Now referees know this. Referees coming in to manage uh, uh, referee Wolves (laughs) know that Wolves have got this discipline problem. So that's, you know, we've got to be extra careful. And like Dave's touched, we like the animation because it's passionate. But he's got to have a controlled manner about it because yeah. he's leading that animation so. i think it was
2: great to start with <laughs> well, you're winning. Up, right? but you now know, i but... <laughs> think we've come to a point now yeah. where it's got to a point where we've just got to like okay <laughs> maybe it, it we see that the, the the decisions are going against us we, we're gonna to have to accept this and not let it affect us mentally i mean this coming on to you paul because obviously you've just talked about your your degree uh, your doctorate oh, in a uh, doctor. sports a doctor. science. Doctor, yeah. Never yeah. Mentioned it. You've obviously, it. Do you obviously. Some pre-printed passes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure, like you've obviously, you know, studied this sort of stuff. I mean, what's your kind of take on it? Do you mean the player discipline, or yeah, yeah and and the VAR and the referee and how it's affecting everyone?
0: I think on the psychological side, one thing that is worth saying that often with your wayside, when these issues are happening, we haven't had a penalty in front of fans in the Premier League since January 2020 um, we've had a couple in lockdown where there's no fans yeah. but in front of fans we haven't been given a penalty for over three years Wow! Uh, and those decisions that we mentioned the, the Nunes yeah. one that was away um, the Liverpool one obviously away the Jimenez one away as well, and the Lamina, Lamina. one, yeah. all of those have happened away. Yeah. And there well,
2: is all a- that was the, that we missed out, the Lamina. The third, <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. The third man that. running
0: yellow card, that's a new rule that's been used once and never used again. Yeah, but, um, yeah there, and there is evidence in studies to say that home teams do uh, get favoured, you know, by refereeing decisions, but we don't seem to see it at this end. Um, for some reason, I don't know why. But coming back to the player discipline issue, um, emotions are part of sport, especially when there's a lot at stake in the Premier League with survival and so on. And ultimately these guys are professionals and yes, you are going to feel emotional, yes, you are going to feel frustrated, but you've got to plan and prepare that you might feel like that and create a plan in your head if this happens, then this is how I'm going to react. Is it helpful to surround the referee? Is it helpful to have the whole bench jump up and you know, project that kind of image. I don't think it's helpful. I no. don't think it's helping our cause. So I think my, my short answer is, as professionals, they've got to know the line um, of where, where they can be in the right kind of psychological state to perform well. And when they go over that line, it's going to make their performance really drop off quickly. So they've got to take responsibility for their actions over the next few games.
2: It comes back to what you were was saying earlier you now. They've got to play... The game, not the occasion. They've got to believe in their ability and handle. Because you're right, Forest are going to go right. We're going to get these. We're going to get them side. We're going to psych them up. The crowd's going to be rapturous. They know it's yeah. a big game. Well, you know, Forest. You know, his first year in the Premier League. They're loving it. They're they're back in the big time, so to speak. And the fans are well up for it as well. And they they're loud. That first fifteen minutes at the City Ground. They've got to deal with that because you saw in the second half against Forest in the Caribou Cup, we played them off the park and we probably mm. should have won it, we'd have had that penalty. And then you had the um, I mean, you'll know Morgan, um, from his young lad, been with us a, a very, very long time. You know, he, he gets he, he got a bit of stick and stuff like that. He did what he did with the fans and stuff. Kuna followed it all up and stuff like that. All of that following on into this game is going to be sort of like bubbling under the surface yeah. and they've literally got to just not get wound up and then let the, the, their football do the talking.
3: Yeah, because the, the fans as well, like the Wolves fans going there, they'll be full of emotion as well, Maybe yeah. It's a huge game for yeah. them and they'll be showing that passion. And it's such a fine line as a footballer when you get onto the pitch that you want to show that passion but you've got to remain calm. You're not flying into tackles early on. You're not. You're not playing with that sort of fire. Rather, we we'll say play with um fire in your belly, but ice in your yeah. veins for that for that moment. And it's it's hard to do because I've been into games. where I've been so up for it. I'm sort of flying around early on, trying to like take someone down. Trying to be is there a particular trying, game that comes to, to trying mind? To trying to mind be aggressive. Weekend, Sunday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Next> Sunday. <laughs> There's a, a lot more. When I was younger, I say I did a lot of stuff with psychologists and things. As I got older. And it helped me really be in the moment in games, which I think helps massively. Um, but I say it's such a fine line because, as Paul said, you, you, your performance, once you get those emotions are too heightened and you go past that point, your decision-making is all over yeah, the place. Yeah. You're, you actually, you f- your body doesn't feel great. You feel like you're a second late to everything, yeah. all those you're sorts of things. You're reacting rather than practice. Yeah, whatever, yeah. whatever's ever yeah. happening from a, um, in, in your body from a neurological point of view, it, it doesn't affect it in the right way. So. Wolves definitely have the players here who have played in massive games like Jaime Tini, Ruben Neves. Those guys are, they'll be the best players on the pitch on, on that Saturday. Yeah. And they've just got to wait for that moment, be competitive, but almost just try and kill that game early on, take that emotion out of the game. Mm. Wolves are a lot better when it's a football match. a big time, yeah. So that's what they need to do without being out of the game in that first 15 minutes by either doing something silly and getting a few bookings or sending off or something like that or conceding a goal. If they can just remain calm in that first 15, 20 minutes, then Forest will know then, oh, we're in the right game. We need to kind of... Because Forrest are going to come out the blocks, aren't they? They're oh, going to be so playing with that emotion, that passion. But they have to because they are not We're going to have a good, lot of mulligan going to be
2: banging out here yeah. as they come yeah. their line to...
1: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online.
2: The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Jason, I mean, you know, you mentioned obviously the Lamina thing. And we've talked about obviously the decisions. And Paul's obviously talked about the penalty in front of a crowd since 2020 at Molyneux or whatever it is. Six red cards, okay, um, Mateus Nunes has now been rescinded yeah. and we've had no sendings off against us this, this year again. This is another thing, you talk about things balancing themselves out. From, from everyone's perspective, this is why we think the world's against Wolves and the one is relegated and you're right, it's, it's a perception, it's just a feeling. When you actually come away in the light of day, you probably say, well, that's probably not right, but it does feel that way, doesn't it, Jason?
4: I mean, you've, you've all made some great points. Forest, um, I mean, their squad's just, well, they've got a squad of about 50-odd players. They're probably down Can't the see the wood for the trees.
6: The, the, nice pun. <laughs> nice <laughs> pun. Nice Listen, don't pun. Nice pun. Hey, you've been working trees, on that all day. Don't you? They, they, saving they, that, they don't know
4: whether they're coming or going. In terms of Wolves, they've got the quality out there to kill that game off. In the first half, That they, they, they really have. And they can't let the emotion get taken away with them and gives one in the face because there will be there will be winding them up, they will be out there to get a soft booking. Argue with the ref. The only thing that disappoints me about Wolves sometimes, especially with some of the players, is when they're surrounding the ref, they're in his face, they're gesticulating. Do you know what? In the scheme of things, that's not going to do us any great favours. I was taught when I was playing football at a, a terrible level when I was younger than that, you know, don't moan at the ref, don't get in the face, because he will start giving distance against you. I'm sure it doesn't quite work that way in the Premier League. But even so, it's not good to see when players... Well, the
2: referees are human, aren't they? Absolutely.
4: And and they are going to work on, on various emotions. I'm not going to say they're going to start giving decisions against Wolves. But when players are in their face, it must be frustrating. Back to that Lamina decision. I mean, that was just... It was like they had a purge that weekend, wasn't yeah, it? Three was players so. go up, book the third one. Never and happened then, again. And then Lamina. <laughs> no. Bless him. He almost turned around and walked, walked into He walked up really aggressively. He's like wearing a loud shirt and a built-up area. Well, it's yeah, quite it was ridiculous. Walking on the cracks of the pavement. Obviously, never and Martino got away with it. Poor old Lamina. You know, look, it's he, he, just one of them. Uh, with regards to the referee decisions, let's look at Sapley for example. Yeah, there were some poor decisions. But also, equally, Wolves was at fault for three of the goals, clearly. Wolves, defensively, were really poor. We can talk about VAR and refs till we're blue in the face.
2: That's a seamless link, Jason, because that wall defence is well, right next the, the, on the list. So know, that kind we, of weighs we, we, into that. We, we
4: could. We, well, I'll start on that then yeah. if you want. So, but yeah, we could talk about VAR, etc. Till we're blue in the face. But um, we, we, we give that game up ourselves. With regards to going on to the, 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 the defence, uh, their goal, the ailing goal, I mean, yeah, he done a bit of trickery and he ran around the box, etc. And you know, but but listen, we we shouldn't be defending like that. It was a free header at the back post, wasn't it? It wasn't even a free header; it was sort of bounced into him, and mm. even I could have scored it. Okay. All right, okay. Then. Okay. and then <laughs> there was <were> silence. <laughs> and then yeah, but listen, goals like that are just soft to give away. The first one was obviously reasonably. Well worked, you know, down the left in that. book. But they had a few attacks down the left. Yeah, before, but you know, they, you know that. They, that so they kind of
5: seen it coming. Yeah, that was a the third attack. Too much space. You know,
2: that was the first five six minutes. So yeah. They started very very strong, didn't yeah. they? Leads.
5: You know, and when Adama Traore plays against other teams, they double up. Treble sometimes. you know. So when you've got uh, Notto running at Semedo and he's causing problems, yeah. just contain that, that and and double up on him. And, and we didn't, and, we, and then we paid the price. You know one thing I have to say about the defense as an overall thing when you don't score goals and 20 goals this season is pitiful after twenty eight games, it is horrifically poor that straight away puts a huge amount of pressure on the defense, knowing that <laughs> we 've got to make We're no mistakes we 're not winning this game now, if you yeah. saw i'm not I was Obviously, the referee got decisions wrong, but he actually got decisions wrong for both sides. It did even out in that game. What Craig Dawson Mm. was out of position, then he lunged and he was very lucky to still be on the pitch. Trust me, a lot of Leeds fans have
2: uh, have, have made that point. And then,
5: you know, what Johnny did, again, he lost the ball and then he lunged. And I think that psychologically, because you know... We're not scoring, we're behind. Oh no, I've lost the ball, i better keep it. So now they, they go against uh, Brighton. Yeah, and they well. go in for that last-ditch challenge and they fly in because they're that desperate. It's that like a an team? instinctive
2: thing as a player though? You've lost control of the ball, you try and win it back. It's, there's no intent no, there. It happens, it's yeah. just
3: an instinctive reaction. So it happened to Dawson, then happened to Johnny, yeah. When you sort of take a heavy touch and you follow him. It You're yeah, yeah. that desperate to, to get it back and not make that mistake.
5: That's what I'm saying, so they're living on the edge all the time you can't have that you've got to say we've got to defend as a team and not just put the pressure on the back line and and we defend as a team when your strikers score goals that's part of defending as well because we've scored goals now we're not under pressure we're in the we're in the game we can now play with a controlled manner we can manage the ball and and it seems like it's desperation at the back because of the pressure they're under. The, the
4: worst goal for yeah. me was, I mean, the, the Johnny one, I yeah. forgot about that one, that wasn't the worst goal, I'm going to come to the worst <laughs> goal, but the, 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 the Johnny one once again, it's a mistake isn't it, lads put it in the net, but then the Traore, so, it started from Traore, this is the 96th minute, 96th, 97th minute, he's in his own half, he tries to beat a player in his own half, when he should have, for me, just headed for goal, but he tried to beat a player, and cut inside, yeah. he lost the ball, then he tries to win it back and he almost wins it back. Gets his shirt tugged. Does he get his shirt tugged? Yes, he does. Play to the whistle. Don't stop. He stops. He's the fastest player on the pitch. Leads break away in fact, That goal doesn't happen go. if, he, if he doesn't stop. he doesn't. So we're 3 to down. So arguably, we could be saying, well, if we get the ball into their half, we could nick a point here. Was we going to? No, we no, was never going to do that. But 10, when you lose possession in your own half and cut inside like that, and then don't track back and don't chase back when you're the fastest player on the pitch, that's no pun intended. Indefensible. It was a, it was a problem went.
3: when with Adama playing as a full like obviously as a fullback in that yeah. game, was he towards the end? You remember the Torino game, uh, the last qualifying game. Was it Torino? Yeah, last qualifying what? game. And they played him away in the first leg, and he did exactly the same. He's mm. playing right wing back in that game, yeah, yeah. and he's cut inside, lost the ball, and they scored a goal. Luckily, That's it didn't right, matter. Yeah. With a three mm. two, I think it was the second goal. Um, three two. Yeah, I was in the yeah, one six two. four, and I grew six, six, something yeah, like yeah, that four, one two, in the first leg. But when play, he plays deeper then that's a problem then when yeah, he starts. Because yep. he likes to run across the field, doesn't he? not Yes. Yeah. I mean? Even when he's playing right wing, he likes to run across the field. I'm thinking just go Get straight to the lines, the line. Yeah, it,
4: it, yeah you'd, you'd hoped he was either going to go up the line or, yeah. it, it, or just lay it off, yeah, yeah, keep possession, it. just don't lose possession there. Yeah. because the,
2: uh, There's I, no defence then,
4: really, I all. do think the defence looks a lot better with Dawson. Since Dawson's come in, I just yeah, do, do think you think it, that
2: affected the yeah. second half? Do you think... Uh, do you think Dawson was taken off because he was close to that second yellow? Do you think that was the reason he came off in a, at half time for Collins?
3: Yeah, yeah, I think so. See so he, he makes changes. I can see why he did that. Mm. Um, I think the the change then, where he dropped Lamina into the middle of the back three, that's yeah. when the problem started, yeah. didn't it? Lamina he was, was playing, yes. Lamina was great, but ended up with our other centre getting caught quite high, and Lamina was so isolated. He didn't quite that's know how to really play that role properly. No. Mm. And we looked so vulnerable. But we had to be a little bit. We were a bit gung-ho at 3-0 down. But it looked like Leeds could score well at that point. Yeah. Um, and that's when we got a little bit ragged, wasn't I mean, it? I mean, yeah. it
5: worked. To, to be honest, it worked, didn't it? Because from that point, we, were, we started attacking. We scored, obviously, a freak goal. I mean, to, to be honest, when we went 3-0 yards. down, I think
2: and you're then thinking game over. And then we goals scored, goals. But like goal. they
6: were
5: lucky. But at that t- time. We actually created chance after chance. Oh, the yeah, drama was very good. Yeah. The John was great. Right. Raul to yeah, made a couple of great I saves mean, as well, yeah. didn't they? So, we, even though it was despair, we were still in the game up until the, the, the exact
3: moment it went though. So, yeah. three-two. We yeah. got The exact moment Johnny. it went. Taking Neves off. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as Neves went off, yeah. bam, game was yeah. gone.
2: Was Neves carrying a little bit of a knock?
3: It's a it's I think he's trying to protect the yeah. He's one, 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 one. Yeah. Well, he's got a card away from two. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah we were
2: absolutely, oh, I felt like at that point, you know, at 3-2, the momentum
4: was all in war. You know, there was still 13 minutes what? to go. When why 3-2? Why 3-2? I'm not going to you, by the way. But why didn't 3-2, don't the put Frippin Trollery right down the middle? And just lump it up to him mm. because once again, I'm just, I'm just thinking. Dave's looking at me, thinking, "I'm you don't manage the ball." No, I'm just thinking. He is on. He's like you know, if there's anyone that's gonna, he you know, you, against Man City, you pace. Exactly, just through the middle, they won't catch him.
2: And that kind of worked when we played Southampton and yes. we went one. Yeah, well, he worked
6: so I'm off Taggy. Yeah,
3: yeah. I did feel like the space was probably more outside yeah. though. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. I, think, I think, and I thought Adama was getting in. If, Quite I mean, a lot. And I thought his quality of his decision making was a lot better. Like the he cut the one back where mesley made a great save. Yeah. he Off Kunu was it or no Roll? Yeah. is that like that? Yeah. A Raul, yeah. Texas, yeah it was, was a great save. save. It was about, about three yards out, right. yeah. Um, But yeah, I thought in recent games when he's come
4: on, I thought his decision making
3: has been a lot better
4: at mm. Yeah. I, I think he's a lot better under Lapetegi. Yeah. Definitely. I really do think he's he's been, you know. But I also think this is peak. Uh, this is peak Traore. This is the best we're going to see. This is it now. We've got to, you know, we ain't going to be that well beater. This is Pete Troy. Let's just enjoy while it lasts.
2: In terms of the defence, Paul, I mean, you know, what's your sort of like, do you agree with the back four and the, you know, the Kilman and and Dawson, or do you think Collins and Dawson, or or, where are you thinking in terms, and also the wing backs, because John is out for three games now as well. Bueno's hopefully coming back soon. Because he's been a revelation, I think, as a young lad as well. Ryan I me, mean, where are you at with that?
0: I think we've been really inconsistent in both fullback positions and I think that's been hurting us. And you can look at all the goals we've conceded and I think so many come from that channel on the outside of Kilman on the left and the outside of Dawson on the right. We've really missed uh, Bueno, in my opinion, and I really hope he's fit for the Forest game. Yeah. I think he gives a lot of stability. Uh, a lot of,
5: He's
0: very calm, isn't he? on the ball is no sure for his makes really He's good Spanish decisions. Dennis
5: Irwin or yeah. Yeah. he makes it's really that, good decisions. Just, yeah. yeah,
0: his positional play is good. He offers something going forward as well. So I think an area that perhaps in hindsight he should have addressed in in the transfer window was at right back. I think without Nuri and Bueno on the left, you know, that's a pretty good option to have on the left. On the right Samedo can play well but I think at times he gets he really got schooled by Nonto in the first half um on, on Saturday just gone. So I think, you know, perhaps looking back, an acquisition in the right back area would have been a good shout. Um but on the whole, Kilman and Dawson I think are a great two at the back and going into the last ten games we can use that solid two as a real um real strong partnership going in hopefully keeping a more clean sheets because as we know if we concede it becomes very hard for us to then win the game
2: yeah we we have struggled to break teams down as well this year i mean the other thing is i think we've talked about like a previous international break when players have gone away on internationals the rest of the squad have kind of had a break mm-hmm. i've noticed that they're We're already back in, back in yeah. training because i'm you know most of the defence is still there mm-hmm. and i'm sure that's something that is going to be working on with the players that he's got
3: i um, finished. Final running. Yeah, definitely, saw of the World Cup. What a difference he made, yeah. and a lot of the players wouldn't have been there then. It was key
5: yeah. the the timing of his appointment. You know, yeah. to have that gap and that break yeah. to start his his career at Wolves, and that was key to us improving and having that initial impact. But, and
3: but Bueno's so important. Like, mm. I, I love Johnny. I think what he's done for War's is amazing. He's had two horrific injuries, but he's just oh, yeah. he's just somebody who looks really devoid of any confidence. Yeah. yeah, you can see that right from the first minute. He's almost like. He's not playing instinctively. He takes a touch and then thinks about his past where a couple of years ago he'd be like, yeah, I'll pass he was before yeah, I the, like. before the you injury, You can just see that little bit of indecision in his game. Um, and I hope it comes back. It's going to take a little bit of time. But the full-back areas, I think they've been really unlucky as well because I think Lopetegui said in, in January that he's obviously got Hugo Bueno and 8-0 at left back he's got Samedo and Johnny at right back yeah. and then Lemberkisa could kind of cover so yeah, he's got yeah, five because so yeah, he didn't let yeah. Lemberkisa go out on loan did he? Mm. No Keyser so, I mean,
2: had a fantastic game at Anfield in the, uh, the first game I mean yeah. it was brilliant yeah, and so then he had the, the, the next game the, the, the return fixture he,
3: he looked a bit out of depth so he had his five which you think would him but then all of a sudden he's Lost, well, know, which is massive. He's our best fullback. Lost Johnny now. I think he's got potential to be like a mm. top class. Top. He just reminds me of Man City left back. Yeah. I think mm. he's that sort of player. Um, so yeah, so losing him is huge. Eight Norries out of just out of favour at the moment, isn't I he? Think so he's, so he's I think did,
2: did, did I not hear he picked up a bit of a knock?
0: Don't know Lopetegui said he was not in the squad on Saturday yeah. for tactical reasons. He used that
2: sh- a couple of times because he used that with uh, Dan Pedence yeah, the other yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. And like the, uh, I mean, what do you make of that when you know a player's not injured, and then a player's left out for tactical reasons? I mean, if he was, if Ryan Aitnuri was left out on tactical reasons against against Leeds. We haven't got any other natural uh, full-backs, wing-backs no. on the bench, really.
3: Yeah, um, it cost what... us. I'm sure he would have come on earlier in the game, wouldn't he? Yeah. Aitnori, yeah. definitely, even before John what got he, to that what red What do you card think of that? Him. Was there um, another reason? Just, I think he's trying to get a, mess, a, a message across to whether it's Ray Nori Norrie or just to the fans that whatever Ray Nate doing at the moment is not enough. He obviously yeah. had the goal at Newcastle, didn't he, where he didn't track back quick yeah. enough and he was out of position. I think he's just trying to send a bit of a message to try and get a reaction, which managers do all the time. Um, it's just unfortunate it was this game where we could yeah. have really done with him. Mm. Yeah. Um, but he's going to play a huge part in the rest of the season, I'm sure he is. Yeah. He's, mm. a he's a good, good, good player. player. Um, but he's great as a backup, the amount of times he'll come off the bench, because I think he's brilliant when you, you might be winning the game, you can bring him on left midfield, because yeah. yeah. he kind of doubles yeah. up yeah. with yeah. Bueno yeah. quite well. Um, he's got some pace as well. Yeah. And he's got a goal
4: in him as well, You've yeah, yeah, seen a couple of times.
3: But Hugo Bueno getting him back is massive.
2: Absolutely. Um, on the defence as well, mm. you know, are you
5: like...
6: Would you, you know consider what? going
2: so, to a five? I, you
5: know, we said Triore's improved under Lopetegui. I actually think so is Nelson Samedo. I just think against certain wingers, you have to double up. Everyone does it on all the tricky wingers. They double up, they double up, they get them out the game and then they use a different part of their game to attack. And we don't do that because usually on the right-hand side, you've got a diametrile rate. A diametrile rate is the guy you want to keep on the touchline. He's not going to go all the way to the touchline and then all the way back again. And I say to people, I've said this before, I don't think he can run. He can sprint, but he can't run. So he can't run around the pitch all day. But when he explosively it's explosive, sprints, isn't it? Yeah. the recovery takes it's longer. Yeah, actually, good. if you've good. just gone on a 60-yard sprint, you're out of breath. If you're actually jogging everywhere to to your place you're not so i think he's the wrong player in a when we play back four because you need your midfielder to track back when we play a five with two wing backs that's where you can say to try you stay on the touch line because we've got cover at the back so um i think you need to give the full backs support as well it's not just saying our backs are no good i do think you know.
2: like obviously samadu initially I thought he's improved a lot. Yeah, I think um, he has. You know, you can see his yeah. quality and stuff like. That. Yeah, he got. He probably should have stopped the uh, the cross for the first goal and stuff. And you saw it coming down the. He lap lost
5: Ailing. That was his man. You know, he lost him. He was marking him, and he totally he went that way. Ailing went that way. Was it not Joe I mean, Gomez
0: that was picking? Um, that's off the corner. Ailing off the corner. Yeah, no, it was. Um, it's made, it was marking him. Apparently, people Completely. said it was joking. No, Joe, no. If Joe you see Gomes. the video.
5: So it, it's made his run with him, and then alien has gone there, and made has gone. I think, it was, it, to be
2: honest, on that game as well, we, in the first half there was another incident where there was a Leeds player free completely at the back post as well and got taken. Let's move on to the attack, Dave. Oh. Um, I'm going to go with Dave first. Do we have to? was, yeah. Favorite topic? No, not yeah. Dave. I mean the attack. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, scoring goals is obviously really important. It's been a it's been an issue for quite a while now with Wolves. You know, how are you feeling about uh, Wolves scoring goals? Why the goals are not coming? And we had twenty-three shots against Leeds. More, they only had four shots on target. They scored four goals. Why are Wolves not converting these chances? And which players would you, if it was you, would you think of Wolves' best starting three? Well, I think, four. Four. yeah, I
3: think the um, the problem why they don't score enough goals. I don't think they attack quick enough when a team when the opposition is disjointed. So you look at some of Wolves' goals this season. You look at the West Ham goal here at Molyneux, breaking quickly yeah, off a corner, yeah. and West Ham can't get back, and leading up to that goal, every time Wolves got <coughs> the ball, it was quite slow, quite methodical, then West Ham get back in their shape, and it's so hard to score when a yeah. team, we, we do it in training all the time, we set up two banks of four, as like a defensive four and a midfield four, you get ten players against you, and say try and score, it's almost impossible, because yeah. you defend your box, yeah. it's yeah. going to take something miraculous to do it, so to try and hurt them when they're out of position, whether that is, either doing it quickly on a counter-attack or whether it's switching play quickly, ball speed. So when you move the ball side-to-side, it has to be quick to try and pull them apart a little bit and then have an incisive pass. Look at Man City do it. They don't really counter-attack too much. I know it's different with Haaland now, but they don't counter-attack quickly, but they move the ball so quickly from side-to-side. And as the opposition is horrible in midfield, you're going that way, you're going that way. And then when there's a split moment where you haven't quite got across enough they play that inside run, so the outside run from the winger or the, the number eight for Man City and the straight pass and it kills them. I think they're the areas Wolves need to get into. It's almost like, it's like they, will def- they will pass from side to side, but it's more around the back four, if that makes yeah, sense. I mean, and mm. To be
2: honest, a lot of the fans do get frustrated with, with this like side to side. I mean, we saw it a lot under large. We see it now. With when, and they, you know, Wolves have always played with that excitement yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. And some of the frustration comes, comes from that. And so you're basically identifying the same sort of thing. It's basically, it's okay to do that, yeah. but at some point you've got to pull a switch and you've got to change it and up. the only
3: person who does it is Nevers. You'll yeah. see he'll miss a yeah. player out sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he'll come to him and he'll miss the next midfielder right, and he'll go straight to the winger yeah. with pace. Yeah. And all of a sudden that gets Traore or whoever it is, 1v1 against someone. And that's an opportunity then where you can go and make a difference. Um, but then when they do get in that position, they just do not get enough players in the box. Yeah. That, and it's that's that's the criminal thing I was sat behind the goal against Leeds and so many times in the first half the poor guy next to me must be thinking what is the honour pack because every time I got there I'd, I'd be like grabbing my little boys side. I was grabbing my little boys
4: like, just get in that
3: box get in the box you can yeah. see people they're all drift towards the ball to yeah. kind of get it back yeah. I'm thinking just go for the heart of the box because whether it's Traoré, whoever it is, they can shift the ball and put across it. Dave, you—if had... there's, there's one player in the yeah. box, though, it's easy to mark. Whereas yeah. if you've got two or three they running know, across yeah, lines, like... then all of a sudden you find someone free. And I think they don't commit enough bodies with purpose yeah. into the box. They can drift into the box. There's and a hope right something ball, wasn't
2: it? it was a killman that put that one oh, ball yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. Did they did? all just missed yeah, it. Yeah. No, Actually, that, that's a really this, good question to ask on... you,
5: Dave. Because is that a natural instinct for a player to want to get? 'Cause I'm asking you, because you got in the box. Yeah, I mean, you got in the box with late, late sure, runs, and, and, runs. You
6: joined, yeah, and you join like you joined
5: as opposed to a player yeah. like Col Henry
6: who didn't. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? He, so is got, that got
5: is that, is that something that you had in your makeup? Or is that a manager saying to you, I want you to do that? No, that was in my make all the all the lads all the
3: midfielders who wards now are very technical players. So they all naturally want to go and get the ball. Mm. I wasn't a technical player. I I was very um uh, my anticipation was probably the best part of my game. I thought both defensively and attacking, I could kind of feel, feel where yeah, the ball was yeah. going to go and try and get there first. Yeah. And I kind of felt I always did, I always did that. Um, but the Wolves midfielders, they're all very much more playmakers, so mm. they want to go and get the ball to feet and move. I did think, I was hoping Mateus Nunes would be he the, was one. the one. Yeah, that's and what we were so all like hoping did and that at the start, didn't he? Do you think he's, he's playing in. in the right
2: position though, Dave?
3: Honestly. He's, he's, he's such a wonderful footballer. I watch him I think, wow, you were quite... Everything. Yeah. Sometimes the way he makes space him and games. stuff,
2: for him, he'll have two or three on him, and he will just yeah. create space. But he to- he likes to play him on the left hand side. Yeah. Do you think that's the strongest position for, Noon- for Mateus for Matias Nunez in the- It's, it's not the
3: strongest position for him, no. But I think to serve a purpose, which will take me on to what my starting players would be. Yeah. I think you can't leave he Mate- can't leave Neves and Lamina out. I think yeah. they have to play. Yeah. Um. For di- I think Lamina frees up Neves a little bit to get and. Yeah influence yep. the game a bit higher up the pitch I think Lamine has been amazing since he's yeah. come in um, and then you bring that different dimension out in Ruben's game where he can maybe go and affect the game higher up the pitch and pick that pass or that cross and Mateus Nunes works well on that left to serve the purpose and I would say I would go to that now me yeah. personally and yeah. I would play Cunha off Raul yeah. and then I'd play Cunha Surab- as, as a 10 and yeah. I'd play Sarabia or um, Adama on the right depending yeah. it must be horrible for Adama because he's obviously such a better impact player but obviously every footballer wants to start so yeah. it's difficult and I don't and if, if Sarabia plays on that right hand side you have to have Semedo bombing past him because he's always going to come in on his left foot but I really like Cunha playing as a 10 I think he, he drifts into pockets which is so hard to mark you see centre backs even when he plays as a 9 up front of his own he'll still drop into that hole and you can see centre-backs. It's the a nightmare to begin. If I go all the way and then I'm tight to him and the ball goes and someone's made yeah. a late run, so you prefer to naturally be a bit more cautious and stay where you are. He gets the ball in the pocket, he turns. But we never really have anything from them running past him, which has been yeah. the problem. Whereas I feel if, if you play Raul ahead of him and then you have, I think Mateus Nunes can. He's, he's good enough to play out there because he's, he's got wonderful ability. You just want to grab a game by the scruff of the neck. He just mm. drifts in out a bit too much at the moment, doesn't he? Maybe he's just getting used to the Premier League. But then if you add, I think, if Adama is playing and playing well, I've play him out on that right-hand side, just say, you stay wide and oh, we'll goodness. get you all. Just stay wide and you get the ball out wide, cross the ball. And if you've got Cunha and, and Jimenez in the box and possibly Neves arriving on the edge of the box.
4: I think I noticed that against Newcastle when... They was in wide positions. The amount of bodies that was in the box was frightening. And you could tell he was stretching the Wolves' defence. And then Wolves attack. And they're, they're, they're aiming at one player in the box. And like I said, Dave, it's so easy to mark when there's one player there to mark. And I think that's, that's part of the problem. How many goals are we having coming from crosses? But Raoul's always competing with two players. Whereas yeah.
3: if you imagine a midfielder or the opposite wide man, if they run across that first centre-half, if it's under-hit, Pulls great. I always kind of used to make that run. Because if it's under-hit, great, I'll get there. If it doesn't, he's come with me. Then all of a sudden, right, yeah. to, it's a one v one behind. Yeah. And if yeah. the striker gambles in front or behind, there's a 50-50 chance he's going to get yeah. it. Yeah. So if he goes, if he goes in front, he goes over his head. We're a bit unlucky. We hope the white. Was that something
2: there. like that when you were playing? It was like Dave, we want you doing that type of thing, or was yeah. it just well, It was thing? always
3: someone has to get across the front. Yeah. That's like a. It is usually the striker, but yeah. I used to like making that run. We so scored I'd, a lot of goals I'd, I'd, I'd the Leeds always, winner always, 4-3 how many goals
2: did you, did you, did you, did you score making that run to the near post with yeah. the headers it's, because it's, quite, it's
3: probably because it's an easier. I used to do it because it's an easy header just let, let you, it hit your head I, I whereas I was genuinely never very good at competing for a header so yeah. if I'm in the middle of the box and I'm jumping with a centre half and I'm it, from yeah. a standing start I'm not great in that situation I'm kind of better at just t- trying to time across it and just get in front where they don't see you coming and getting across but But if you have more runners in the box, I say it will free up, Raul will get so many more chances. If he's a number nine, he's going to stand in the middle of the box and he has someone running across the front of him, taking the first defender out of the way, then he'll be competing. You saw... I think it was one of the other game, uh, a recent game where he did get above his man and have a header. Um, he did, yeah. It was at home, wasn't it? Was it the last yeah. game? Yeah, oh, it was, was a good no, save. It Are well. he, you he almost... Is it Tottenham against, against, against Tottenham? Almost had it too well. He's against Tottenham? He yeah. It yeah. was, so, yeah. Good example. Uh, yeah. Good the amount good. of goals you saw Raul score at the back post when Adama was hanging up in the sort mm, of yeah. first couple of years.
2: Do you think, like, when talking on Raul, I mean, you know, obviously he had a serious injury that's <clears> affected him physically and mentally. They've moved around with his... What he's got now is just yeah. that one little bit that he's got on the side. He he was unlucky again at the weekend. It was a good save. Do you think he's just that one goal away from just yeah. getting? Once he gets one, it'll a few will come.
3: Definitely, I I thought Raul was done at Wolves before Christmas. I thought he looked disinterested. His form wasn't is, great. Yeah. Um, I thought he was done. But since Lopetegui's coming, I think the last month, I think he's he's starting to really see signs. It's been consistent. So not just a one off. I think consistently he's offered us quite yeah. a lot and you, yeah. I think it's showing that by Loperty he keeps picking him um, but he, he just generally I mean, just needs that goal when it's, it's so hard for it to come he's been unlucky at the one when against you, Liverpool when where clean yeah, through you're, and you're, things like that
2: psychologically you start to not do what's instinctive you kind of try, try too hard exactly. to like,
3: score do you, like I had this conversation with someone yesterday when they were talking about the, the penalty at um, Newcastle I think if, if that was Raul before he got injured and full of confidence I don't think he even thinks about going down there. Yeah. He's obviously looking to go down, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. I think he does everything to stay on his feet and yeah. tap it in and, and score a goal, but just not quite there. And everyone's been in that situation where you're not feeling confident and it's not a, a great place to be in. But what I do like about Raul at the moment is everything within his power he's doing that. You can see mm-hmm. he's, he's running hard. He's putting himself in good positions. He's, defending as well. He's, he's, not, he's not shying away from chances. He's getting himself in the middle of the box, defending well, working hard. And when you do that for a long enough time, things turn for you. Yeah. Well, he
4: created sure. the Triori goal, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that was just... I thought that was a, a really good assist yeah. for him, and I thought He's that was good, good for his confidence. Him. He was unbelievable well, that second
5: half against yeah, was, he um, was, yeah. but but for was me. so good for
4: his confidence, and if he gets a goal, I can see him. Yeah, and all fans would love him to um, do it, wouldn't
3: they? They would absolutely love it for, for, for him to get going again, and I really hope he does, because that, that season when he was on fire... Oh. I think I was looking at some stats the other day. It's 55 the, games he played one season, 27 goals, yeah. 10 oh, assists. Yeah. <laughs> Loads and like that Traore
5: role.
2: And Jota Jot- as well, whoever played was it. was
5: key, just... you know, that, that match against Spurs showed us some hope when Cunha came on and something that people probably aren't aware of. Wolves have scored one goal every 114 minutes this wow. season. Does when Cunha plays, for the minutes he's been on the pitch, we've scored a goal every 42 minutes. So it, this is what frustrates people because yes, he's had injury problems but when we play that system where we've got somebody playing off Raul we create more chances and invariably you score more goals. That second half against Spurs when he played that Kuna off Raul that ball that Raul put in for Kuna where he missed it yeah. and Raul getting space for that header because Kuna's there in the box with him we were creating chance after chance. Second half against Leeds we're creating chance after chance and this is frustrating for me this
3: the Fulham game as well yeah
5: Fulham so Fulham how all our best performances have been when Kuna's been on the pitch attacking wise and we scored the three goals against Liverpool when Cooner was on the pitch you know and this is you know we used to play the three midfielders with a sort of a defensive format only against if you were playing at Old Trafford or Man City or Liverpool the big boys but if you were playing Leeds or Bournemouth or the onus was on us and you played the extra attacker and you played in attacking formation and took the game to them and it seems like let's stay in the game and then I've got enough substitutions to come in and make the impact later. But as soon as you go 2 or 3-0 down because your defence is like a shocker, then, oh, what next? And, and this is what frustrates fans is the... Line up, he picks everybody's shaking their heads and then he makes the changes. And we're thinking, Yes, that's what you should have done. So I just think we need to play with that attacking. Intent. What's your front three? Man? My front you four, know. it's not front, front four. Three. You I you're game going 4-2-3-1 You know what? I, I just think Wolves should be brave enough, especially in the games against the teams like Bournemouth, teams like Leeds, teams like you know, West Ham at home, to play a combination. You've got Matinho. Neves, Nunes, Lamina, Bukhar Triore coming back. Gomez. We've got R- Gomez, we've got riches. Riches that could grace most teams in the Premier League. Mm. Sometimes we can play two of them and play Sarabia, uh, Sarabia and Cunha and Raul and, and Adama and play like the old traditional player, two up front, one off, you know, one off the striker and play with the two, two wingers and, and, and show that attacking attempt. We're going to. The way we're going to defend is by scoring two goals, you know. And it seems like we go the opposite way. I've been shouting at you for three years. For three years, Wolves haven't scored goals. They have not scored enough goals. We've switched from a back five to a back four to create and score more goals. We've gone backwards. And for me, when I look at it, I'm always like, remember Bournemouth away when we drew 0-0? That was
2: early season.
5: Three yeah. sort of defensive midfielders all sitting back, not joining in with the attack. We're struggling, struggling, struggling. He takes one midfielder off, puts Pedence on. We created chance after chance after chance after chance because we've got an extra striker. And really, we should, we should have scored that game. We missed a couple same of against it, the same Bournemouth at the time. Did so it, we did it against we did it against Leeds. We created so many chances. We did it Follow-up. against Spurs. We put that extra attacker on. We created so many... Could have been 3-0 up against... It just shows that, you know, we have to be braver. And whether it's a psychological thing, where because we've struggled and we're back, and we've got got to keep it tight, we've got to keep it tight, we've got to stay in the game. Stay in the game used to be, like I said, for the Man City-Liverpool games, keep it tight. You know, make sure you don't concede in the first 15, 20 minutes. Maybe we'll get a chance of a point. But against those sides, which we're clearly better than... You know, because we show it with our football when we do play. In the second half, we're so much better than Leeds. In that second half, we were so much better than Spurs, you know. And against Forest, we're so much better. Our players are better. So trust them a little bit more and play that extra person and be a little bit braver, I think, for me. Because this isn't working. 20 goals. Hello, it's not working. The beauty, Absolutely. The, beauty
3: is you can, sorry, the beauty is you can play Mateus Nunes on the left and it, we've seen it works. Yes. And if it's not happening in-game, you, you can change shape change so quickly. And we've got if so many you've got options. So you can bring <laughs> Nunes in and play the three in midfield then yes. and, and whoever plays on the other side can yeah. play either side of, of Raul. So it's so easy to change in-game. Mm. But that definitely, I think, playing Cunha with someone is...
2: Yeah.
5: Well,
3: we're going to come on to substitutes in a second, but
2: I want to get Paul, because obviously you want to have a, a little bit of a talk about the Wolves attack, about who you would start. And Dave, then I want to come back to you and talk about Daniel Pedence and, uh, and Wang as well, on how you see them. You know, obviously you haven't put them in your particular starting thing, and I'm curious on, on, on how you see that. I'll go with you first.
0: There's probably not one right answer, because I think you pick a different set up and different players in different scenarios so i don't think you should just say this is our formation we're going to play it for the next 10 games and these are the players that are always going to start so Um, basically
2: you're sitting on the fence
6: i am a little
0: (laughs) i am a little bit because i keep to and throwing in my own head it is a difficult thing for the manager to decide i can't properly decide my favoured three or four um well,
2: you're going out. We're going out against Forest, okay?
5: With like thinking. You're the manager. You're thinking. Night before you've got to make a decision. You've got to right? make a decision. You can't sit on the fence, Paul. No, I won't. <laughs> I won't. I'll get there.
0: Um, I'd like to see us keep um, Neves and Lamina, like Dave said. I think that's a real central axis to our team that we can build from. Um, and then I'd go with, with three uh, in front of them. So Sarabia on the right. Um, I think really he has to he has to start. Think Why get,
2: particularly Sarabia, over the likes of Pedence and
0: Wang? I, I think with him you get the work rate, you get the, the ball retention. Um, good goal at Fulham as well.
5: Yeah. Um, Gets and, in the box. Yeah, he's yeah. got
0: a good... He's got, well, he's that's one I brought
2: him in for, wasn't it? For yeah. the, you know, For goals and assists. Was he, and when he came in, one of his things was he likes to be in and around the box.
0: Yeah, and he's one of the few players looking around at these shirts in the room who's actually got a bit of a track record of scoring goals in the past. Yeah. Sporting Lisbon on loan, he had a great season. So for me, I'd start him on the right. On the left, I'm a little bit unsure. Obviously, we'd love it to be Neto, but oh, we, yeah, we haven't even mentioned. Neto, we don't. Have we? we don't know to what extent <laughs> he's his fitness is allowing him to perform to his best. I don't. Also, I don't. Uh, this is probably an important that I did want to make. I don't want to see him on the right. His strength no. is all left foot, left. going past the player, well, getting the ball in. So I think he, he's playing with his hands tied if he's on the right. So if he's fit, I'd go with him on the left um, and I'd play Cunha off Jimenez. So four, two, three, one. Um, but I think we have got a lot of options that we can be flexible. And I, I do like the Nunes idea. Um, he can be so hard to pick up coming from that left position.
2: He saw At least you saw his live passion, although I know he got sent off and it has got rescinded. He, you know, he showed the supporters that he cares so that's a, a positive
0: yeah and from those positions he can pick the ball up still fairly deep not out left on the touchline, and drive with the ball and get in the box because that's his game for me not sat in front of the back four. Because we haven't
2: really seen a complete performance from Nunes. He's come in, True. you know, Stupid very highly somebody. rated. Was yeah. it Pep that said he's one of the best midfielders in the world? In the world. <laughs> but we've only seen these things. But the case of flash the new uh, <laughs>
5: Yeah.
0: I mean so for me with that formation, it allows you to play in partnerships all over the pitch. You right back with your right midfielder, your left back with your left midfielder, the two central midfielders, the two centre afts, and the two kind of forwards. And I think that's good because you need combinations to create goals.
2: Fantastic, Dave. Uh, just to finish this segment before we go on to the substitutions and then Q and A. Um, Pedro Neto, uh, Wang, Daniel Pedence, who's funnily enough our top scorer <laughs> at the moment. Um, you know where do you see these players? Pedence can frustrate, but then he can pull out a bit of brilliance and make something happen. Wang, Lopetegui seems to really like Wang because when he's fit, he always Don't seems well. to start him. And then obviously Neto's coming back. I do tend to agree with Paul that Large played him a lot on the right, and we didn't see him. Uh, Lopetegui's been playing him a lot on the right, but he do, We've seen the best of him when he was on the left, yeah. like, what, like
3: Traore on the right. I think. Yeah, it's they're, they're both out and out wingers, yeah. which you don't really get nowadays. But if you're to play both those players, you need to play them on the on their right side. Yeah, um, and I saw that against Leeds on Saturday. Neto. He, he has to come inside, and then all of a sudden, there's bodies there, and he yeah. can. Congestion. Whereas Sarabia he can manipulate the ball so well. Mm. He'll come inside, but then he picks a pass quickly, quick, really yeah. quick, whereas Hector qu- wants to go past people. Thought or just, it's just a different type of He's a head-down player, isn't I he? It? Yeah, head he wants down, to go and play, drive, yeah. which is a great yeah. skill to have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whereas Sarabia is, I say, vision, a bit of a mad freak, yeah, yeah. can come inside, pick passes from those pockets of space. So completely different. But the other point, I think they're blessed with so many players, and it can be a bit of a hindrance at times they've got too many to choose from. Um, but I do think he likes him more Pudence he was the one sort of just after Christmas when the season restarted. I was like he has to play he's the difference maker he's the one who will yeah. take a risk he'll try a pass he's getting goals as well but he hasn't been in great no. form recently has he I think every time he's yeah, come there's a on lot of that,
2: a lot of his Cruyff turns yeah, it like doesn't, it doesn't, which doesn't, do come off sometimes he has, right he, I think
3: his, his form has dipped the last month compared mm. to the January time where I thought he was Wolves' best attacking yeah. player um, and then Wang, I think was, everyone was quite surprised with how much Lopetegui liked him straight yeah, away. Yeah. And it's obviously someone he really trusts. And he, he knows he'll he knows exactly what he'll get from him. He'll get hard work. He'll get that, that pace to run in behind and run beyond. Because you saw that when he first signed. He's got that ability to run beyond the forward line. And I think we, we really need that. So He's definitely got a part to play. I just think other people, I think size, because or? of injuries, but then the same. I think people have moved past them. So I mm. think Adama's has picked up form, Saravia. I think I keep saying Nunes. I think I, I would play him just because of the in game stuff he can do in terms of changing formation, and it just it almost fills two holes by playing him out wide left. Mm. And especially yeah, yeah. when for when I was playing left, yeah. but left back, yeah. because he would, yeah. that, was it Liverpool game where just bombing up that left hand side and then. Nunes would just roll inside, take defenders with him and stuff. It worked. It's really really nicely balanced. So um, I don't feel that say those boys are doing it wrong but then Swang or Neto. I just think that everyone else is improving. And at this moment in time on four, I don't think for me personally it would be in my starting eleven. It could quite easily come in, make an impact and start the following week. But if I was picking a team for Forest I don't think they would make that eleven.
2: That's great, and that's really a really good one that we've uh, we've covered off there. So thank you for that. It's really good insight as well. Mm. Right, we're going to come on to the substitutions before we get on to the Q and A, and obviously we're going to we are going to have a look at uh, the final ten fixtures and give out and we're going to say where we're going to come and how many points. But Jason, let's go on to you. Bruno Lage, when he was at Wolves, yeah, he, he he always seemed very reactive to his substitutions. Lopetegui, we've seen some great substitutions that he's made, mm-hmm. but the last three or four games, it's, all, it's like what you said, it's almost at half-time, he's changed two players at half-time for about the last three or four games running. What are your thoughts on that? Because it's not something that you generally see. I know we've got five substitutions now, but it, is that because he's proactive or he's made a mistake at the starting line or do you think it's a, a predetermined plan? I
4: think, and, I think you know, David, now on the head really, he, he has got a lot of players to choose from. And it's not so much he wants to keep them all happy. I think sometimes as well. Um, yes, I'm sure he's got a plan up his sleeve if we go a goal down, which is more more often than not. Um, but it, it, it's, it's Nick, so he's, he's going to have a plan up his sleeve for that. But he doesn't go into games equally thinking, right? If we go a goal down, I'm going to do this. So listen, there's in terms of in terms of substitutions. I, I think that you're quite right, large. Um He was he was very reactive, there was very late on. I don't think he used the, 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 the full squad to its potential. But he also had a a very young bench. I think now Lopategue's got so much more experience on the bench. Um and sometimes we look at decisions and we think, why well, he took him off and then you can see why he's took him off. Yeah. You know, and Dave's been giving some great insights that I suppose as supporters we don't all we see do it. Yeah, no. You know, we just see the obvious things and Dave's explained it to you think, well, actually yeah. But listen, I, 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 I have complete faith and trust in the man and what whatever decisions he makes and more rightly than, than, than you know more often than not they're right absolutely uh, Manny.
5: yeah subs. usually you know when you have a subs bench you've only got one or two players on the bench that are probably at the same level as the first 11 what Wolves have got is now suddenly five or six players on the bench that won't take the level of our first 11 down so that's a freedom that he's got. Yep. So straight away, he's not saying, oh, shall I throw him on? He knows the player he's going to bring on is of a similar level as the player he's bringing off. So that, I mean, if you look at the stats, he brings on um, more players than any other team at the earliest opportunity out of all, all 20 teams. He's got, Wolves have got the average minutes, you know, where they've made all five substitutions. Wolves are the earliest out of it. So I think that comes from him strengthening in January, he's brought players in, you know, you've got Gomez, Cunha, you've got people like Adama, so you've, got, you've got real good quality players. So it's like a like for like swap. It's not like, okay, he's got a bit of an injury, but I've got somebody maybe not as good or a, a youth player, we've just got so much quality. And I don't think it's just him keeping, like Jason says, I don't think it's him keeping players happy. Because I just think he's a kind of manager with his experience. You know, he ain't going to bother. where no. if, if a player's a bit disappointed and he's out the side, he's like we just said, he left Pedenzo out, so he tactical. left Eight, Nuri out, Tactical, he'll leave him out if he has to, out the whole, whole squad. So I think it's just him using the options he has. I like it because as a fan, when you're struggling, we're, we're at half time, we're saying, change the whole bloody
6: That's 11. So true, yeah.
5: we're which, absolutely which, awful. And he does, he changes which it. Game and,
4: was Sorry to interrupt, Manny because That's the point I was going to make. Which game was it when he took Lamina off? And we was thinking, What has do? he oh, done? Yeah, against Spurs, having a great game as you well. Know? He's our he best do? player. Harry
5: he marked Harry Kane. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was was he, he was He was man
3: marking, when he? Oh, I've never seen tonight. But he did, Dave, he did
5: it. You know, if you look at the Southampton, such a crucial game. We were 1 0 down, we're down to 10 men, we're all fearing the worst. And then he went bang Adama, Costa. Change right, a game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Change a game. It gave Southampton something to think about up front. And literally, we we controlled the game with 10 men. Mm-hmm. So I like that. And if he gets it wrong occasionally, I think supporters will put up with it. Oh, yeah. We'd rather have because a man- manager proactive, being proactive and saying, I've got players. It's not working. I'm going to throw them on. Yeah. And it actually gives you a boost. Ah, OK, let's see what these can do. You know, So I'm, I'm all for all his substitutions. And I think he does it because he's got like for like swaps. And it's not... Oh, shall I put him on? Yeah, I'm going to put him on because he's good enough, you know.
0: Paul, I think a lot of his substitutions are pre-planned, not not at half time or in the first ten minutes, but before the match as part of a wider game strategy. And I think this is because the roles, the role of the substitute in football, has massively changed over the last twelve to eighteen months with the introduction of five substitutions. When was that? Did it come in in, in lockdown? Was it initially or off the back of that? Yeah. And now, like in rugby, if you're a substitute, you're not necessarily selected as a sub because you're worse than the 11 that are starting. You're selected because you can have a role in the last 30 minutes, the last 20 minutes of the game. And in rugby, they call them finishers, don't they? No. And I think we're seeing that creep into football. And I think Lopetegui knows that. And I think that he tries to use it. So we're seeing a a definite shift in um, in the role of a sub and how subs are viewed and he's playing into it, and I think it's part of a wider strategy before the game that I'm going to do X after 60 minutes. So it's good that he plans for these eventualities, and he's proactive rather than reactive.
2: Absolutely. Over to you, Dave, on the uh, on that for the final word on the subs.
3: Uh, yeah, well, just quickly, I think it's showing this season it's worked probably more often than it hasn't, um, so yeah. he does get it wrong now and again. Mm. Um, but I think as a fan, you forgive that. From a player's point of view... It goes both ways. So if I'm, so as saying, if, if I'm a sub for a game under Lopategi, I'm obviously disappointed I'm not starting, but I'm thinking I've got a right chance of getting. Yeah. I need to be ready. I'm not sulking because I'm not in the team, because I could come on at half time. I could come on after 30 minutes. You never quite know. And then, like Mateus Nunes, the quality he has, and he, wasn't even come, he didn't even come yeah, on no at the game. Didn't so, so it could be anything. So you have to be ready. The one downside as a player, in particular, wide players, in, this, in the way that Lopategi plays, is they go into that game with so much pressure. If they don't perform first 45 minutes, they know they're getting hooked. Right. And I, I feel like, I've, I've felt it with Neto. I don't know if it's pre-plan with Neto, because coming back from injury, he's only going to play 45. Yeah. But it just looked like, a bit on, tense. It looked like on Saturday, he was trying so hard because yeah. he knows I've got 45 minutes here to, to myself. prove himself. Mm-hmm. He can't really have time to play himself into the game. So that's the one downside, but I think that there's a lot more positives which out, outweigh that massively.
2: that's a really good good point point, right we are going to be uh, coming on before we end um, because we've had a lot of questions wanting to know you know, mainly Dave's view on are we going to get relegated and stuff like that so we're going to come on to that we're going to leave that till last but we have got a a few questions I know you've got one as well Um, there's one question um, which I haven't got on here because it came through late is that 442 why is it so out of fashion as it used to be so
3: popular Everyone's always trying to change stuff all the time, aren't they? There's no rhyme or reason. I think as football's got more technical, they want an additional man in the middle of the pitch to handle the ball. The, say the box to box midfielder, my sort of role, that is kind of dying out of football, isn't it? Really? You don't see many Brian Robson lampards, Brian Robson. You don't <laughs> see them sort of players anymore. Um, every midfielder as a kid is taught to just all handle in. the ball and yeah. just keep it and keep it moving. Which is which is brilliant. But it will come back round. It definitely will. You, you are starting to see teams. Even wolves playing yeah, 4-4-2 yeah. again, yeah, and yeah. all of a sudden, because it's gone that far the other way, that 4-4-2 will now cause these systems problems. <laughs> yeah. Whereas back then, you were looking at trying to get players in between the lines. of uh, If you're playing against the 4-4-2, can we get players in between the lines to cause problems? Because it's very rigid. Yeah. Whereas now you see it going the other way completely. and I think Bournemouth were probably the first team to go back into it, when they had that really good spell under Eddie Howe. They played 4-4-2, a little bit different to the old school 4-4, the, their wings were quite narrow and rolled yeah. inside but they were the first team to really come back and do it again but it, it will go full circle and I think in the next 10-15 years we'll be talking about all sorts of why don't we play 4 yeah, four three three
2: and all yeah, that yeah. Pep's Pep's two, Erling Haaland needs a partner I have a question for you before you know if you were had to pick a favourite goal for Wolves what would it be and why? And that's Dan Bird that's sent that I've
3: scored or just you... said my favourite Wolves goal in... well
2: I'll tell you what We'll Do both your <laughs> favourite goal that
3: you've scored and your favourite Wolves goal? Lows that, uh, yeah. So, my favourite goal was um, my goal against Leeds, sort of in terms Short of just raw ball. emotion and uh, getting us in. What so we, game. Were, we were just on the edge of the playoff picture, weren't we? Eastern Monday, full house, yeah. Um, weather was brilliant. I came on at 3-1 up to, to see the game out we were at 3-3 very quickly. <laughs> that <one down. laughs> oh, that's gone down. Finish, you yeah, it day. It finish it wasn't yeah. Why, why are yeah. it always against <laughs> Leeds at these crazy games? I know so I thought I'd come on and just messed it up then, um, <laughs> then getting that chance late on. Um, I remember I'd made loads of runs into the box sort of leading up to that but like, like I say Sometimes it just doesn't quite come to you. Yeah. It misses your hand hopes someone else is on the ball, but it didn't quite come to me. And the one occasion, I remember it vividly now, I had Benic of Obis in the box with me. I usually make that run to the front post. And I've gone to make that run. I've gone, and then the ball's kind of not come in, and it's been recycled again. So then I've come back, and I remember going to Bennick saying, you make that run. So Bennick's made the run. Just as I said, well, he made the run. He's taken the first defender with me, and then i have able to just kind of come back off the ball a little bit. And I had that yard of space, because Bennick had made that I run did, straight yeah. away. And then it was the ball in it's by. Like Kevin. what you referred to, yeah, earlier. yeah, yeah. The ball in by Kevin McDonald was unbelievable. He, he was such a good Kevin player. honest, he was, he was such a good player. <laughs> yeah. but, um, and it was again one of my favourite headers where you don't need to do a lot with it. It's just, <laughs> get glans, 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 to glans just guide, down. yeah, just guide all the powers on the <clears> ball, <throat> just guide it. And it was that moment where, was, you get it now and again, where as soon as you head it, you just, just know. Just it's known, yeah. You just yeah. know, the keepers never it like does
2: it does it feel like slow motion? It,
3: I, like as soon as it hits my head I think I'm, I'm, I'm celebrating because yeah. you just I'm already thinking <laughs> you, like, feel it, you feel it Really, it. Yeah. 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 and then obviously 88th minute South Bank it yeah. was just
6: so last time we scored amazing. it hey we were in the South, <laughs> the South Bank <laughs> yeah. yeah and I've scored once another <laughs> step <stand. laughs> <laughs> um, yes
3: yeah, so that was my my own favourite the, my favourite goal not from my time being at, at Wolves but my favourite goal that I saw on telly when I was at Reading was Ruben's goal against <sighs> Derby you were watching um, that yeah it was just amazing it was amazing. I was actually, I was driving, I'd just gone to pick my, um, my wife and son up. They'd come up on the, tra- they'd come down to Redden on the train. So I'd gone to pick them up and we were driving back to, I would it on in the car, we was driving back to. The her. ride, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I was driving back to my um, apartment in Redden. And I was listening to it, and he just scored as I was just pulling in to the house, and the commentators like, "Oh my God, you've never seen anything like it! It's the best goal!" ever been running seen inside? The house? So I'm literally <laughs> running upstairs. to And I'd left the I'd left the game on when I went to the place um to the train station. So I, I got upstairs just as the celebration finished. I'm rewinding it back <sighs> and, re- and riding it right back and my son's like you've got to watch this you've got to watch this even before we knew what the goal was going to be like um, really? but that was yeah amazing Just I'm about to be in the South Bank he was so I
4: humble like, about I, it when he Ruben Nevers as he well was he said literally well, like I, it, I, I had to shoot because I, I'd had a first bad first I oh, miscontrolled it yeah miscontrolled it yeah. <laughs> as well
2: if you, if you actually look in the background of the fans in the South Bank it's yeah. like that yeah yeah. Oh my God! You see it's a few like, fans
3: like put their hands on
2: their heads yeah, well. like, yeah. It, I just it was just—I yeah. mean, everyone was clapping, even the Derby fans yeah. and everything. It was—it it, in fact, it's coming up to the anniversary. It is, yeah. I mean, you know goal. what? It's
5: the kind of goal you can watch again and again and again, and it feels like. the the emotion this is
3: like the first time you're
5: watching it every time you watch it and even I think the type of it was obviously a night
3: game and it was like Misty was not it It and stuff like I just thought it was just all we saw it from
2: obviously in the North Bank and it was kind of seeing that trajectory Mm. from that thing and it was like Everyone was just I mean, even now it's gonna be one of the all time greats. Oh, yeah. The funny thing goals. is he
5: went on Soccer AM with Jimmy Bullard. And reproduced it reproduced <laughs> it twice and did it twice. Yeah. And Jimmy Bullard was thinking, How do you do that again? And, uh,
2: <laughs> top bins as well. Right, next one for you. Um obviously we're talking about there's gonna be a lot of, you know, Wolves legends that are gonna be on the pitch uh on Sunday and we're gonna come mm. back obviously for that to finish off on. But like if you could play alongside a legend from the past maybe it's the 50s 60s 70s team whatever um or in the maybe one from the past and one from it could be international net, net from, from this team they, who would wild. you like to uh
3: to play a wolves legend from wolves i always used to um i remember the very first day i signed for wolves i sat in the reception just there and um i got shown around that before they had the museum, they had the little sort of, all the stuff out yeah. like the front there, and that yeah, was kind yeah. of like, the museum, and Graham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Graham showed me around, Best God bless that. his soul, Best so Graham so and then every time, I used to come to the stadium, I remember he showed me, he showed me one of Johnny Hancock's boots, yeah, he was yeah. only size, whatever it was, and he, every time I saw Graham, we would talk about, Johnny Hancock's, and <laughs> he made me understand, so much about, Johnny <laughs> Hancock's, that he's the player, I always, when everyone asks me about, old world players, obviously you've got, Billy Wright, Bully obviously, Legends, but the way he used to, speak about him and how good he was at going past players and things like that. A player which I'd never saw play, but what I've learned from Graham is that it'd be amazing to, John, yeah, yeah. to play alongside him. Yeah.
2: And what about from the current team?
3: Um, if you, know, were Graham, in this team, yeah, if you were say, in this team now, I mean, like, you I'd, know. I'd, I'd have to say Ruben. Like, I was lucky enough to share the training. I, didn't, never, I played a few pre-season games with Ruben um, when I was still here. But, and you can see how good he was then, but he has just got... <laughs> Just,
5: he could be the No three. glancing head is against Leeds. Would well, you in even the last like a though? thought like back then <laughs> when he came?
2: Obviously, he came from Porto, captain of Porto, youngest captain or something in the in the Champions, Champions League, coming to Wolves in the Premier League. Obviously, he was a young man then, Champions, and yeah. yeah, from the Champions League to the Championship, young man. Um, and you played with him. Did you think like then that six years later he would still be here? Um, you know, he's now was he yeah, twenty six now? Just twenty six. 26, We've had him for so long, because initially we thought, oh, a couple of years. Yeah. And he he seems to embed the heart and soul of the club. He, he's fell in love with the city, yeah. with the club. You know, you, you saw the, when we thought he was going at the end of last year, the tear in his eyes, how much yeah. that means. I mean, you probably, when you played your last game for Wolves and stuff, it probably was quite emotional for you as well, I would yeah, imagine.
3: It was. Ruben, he's, he's kind of been on a journey since he's been a Wolves, come, such a young kid. And I mean, when he first signed, I was like, okay, they spent a lot of money on it. But the previous... Owner, the previous players that Foson had brought in the year before hadn't quite worked nah. Ernie Costa that had really worked yeah. and I thought is he just going to be another one of yeah. these players he'd come with a huge reputation so <laughs> yeah. he's, he's going to so, be yeah. good but then 1st preseason game I remember he went off after about 15 minutes he got smashed at Shrewsbury didn't he? Yeah, and I great. thought this isn't going to be for, for him but then quite quickly in training you thought wow this kid is Something unbelievable else. yeah but like, just naturally so good on the ball see things which other people wouldn't see yeah. see passes that you only see if you're sat up on the gantry, yeah. do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Whereas when you pitch level, you don't see those mm-hmm. passes. Um, and it just looks so easy for him. On Saturday, he was so good. Oh, he was? He was amazing. And like, even in terms of he was the one driving the press, he was closing the goalkeeper down, mm-hmm. wasn't it, at times. But his passing in that game, not just little passes, he was spraying the ball everywhere and trying to hurt leads at every point. He was unbelievable. And he's, he's just developed, developed, developed. At the start, he was a good footballer. Defensive side of his game and physicality wasn't great. But now I think defensively he's very good, yeah. wins the ball back a lot. Physically, he's powerful, he can run, he gets around the pitch. And then his ability has just got better and better and better. And he's, I can't see a, a club in the world who wouldn't want Ruben Neves. Yeah. Genuinely, that's a, a big statement, but I can't see. Even a Real Madrid, I think yeah. they would take a Ruben Neves because of what yeah. his age he's at, how much he's played, what he can do in a yeah. good team as well. And how on earth that... A team like Man United, for instance, haven't come in and broke the bank for it, yeah. and gone and paid fifty million or whatever it would be for Ruben. It's it's beyond me. Um, yeah, I think you're
4: getting your Wolves team on Sunday, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? it's, it's the team that's playing, I, I think, would struggle. No, but it's, yeah, but
3: he's um. I think I know. I was lucky enough to have a conversation with Jerry Matinho um this week at the training ground. Oh right, and yeah. I, and I was asking him about Ruben um because I knew they would, we were close. Come on, what the he said, what he that. said. And he was just saying like he's. A, exactly echoed what I just said like he is just unbelievable and it's be, he feels like it's a privilege to have watched him and kind of play a part in his yeah. development and, mm-hmm. um, and he's been the perfect mentor for Ruben, hasn't
4: oh, he we've been so lucky to have them too at our club yeah. for, for as long as we have especially you know with, with Nevis we've yeah. been so so lucky yeah.
2: I know, and um, I mean, I he's got—is he got a year, eighteen months left on his contract now? Well, like so a he's, year left in yeah.
5: July. So do you see this Ruben? is like the crucial time, isn't it, for Wolves if they want to? He deserves the move as well,
4: doesn't he? Come on. He
5: do you does. see
2: Reuben potentially still being here, or do you think this is the year where he will actually go? You so know, man, what what I mean, no one man. can deny the fact that he's given everything to Wolves. He's twenty-six. Yeah. He wants to win yeah. things and
3: stuff like that. I, th- I think he will go, but I don't think it's hundred percent at all. No. Mm. I don't think, obviously it has got to be the right club interest. They've got to pay the right money. And you know how much he loves the football club. It's not yeah. like he's going to force a move away because if, not that tough, if it basically. comes to it next season, he's still a Wolves player. That's not gonna be, he's not going to be like, throwing his toys out the ground because yeah. of that, cause he loves playing for Wolves. So mm-hmm. um, I'm sure, I, think, I think the club will do what's best for Ruben Nevers. I think that they've had six years, amazing years from him, um, and they'll do what's best for him. And if that is allowing him to go, I'm sure they will allow him to go. Um, it would be a cry of shame for all War fans, but not one more fans would begrudge him. No, not would they um, at no. all. But there is there's definitely still, a, there would still be a chance that he's here next season. We thought he was going last season, didn't yeah. we? You know, yeah. when he's, when he's crying on yeah. the
6: pitch. And,
5: yeah. You know, is it Barcelona were the ones who had this concrete sort of interest in him and we all know their financial woes yeah. and they could even be banned from signing any players. So, you know, if, if somebody isn't prepared to Put up the money, and, and somehow, like these clubs aren't for some yeah. reason, like Dave said, you know, people haven't broken the bank. You know, Wolves could he could sign a short term deal? He's a kind of player with his discipline and his fitness, he could play to at least 32 33 quite easily. So, another year at Wolves wouldn't harm his chances of still having four to five years at another club. Yeah. So, you know, um, I don't think all hope is lost because. He's so settled. He just seems his family life and he, such a family man. as well. Such like a family. He's, he really he's so yeah. orientated. Yeah. You ain't gonna see him on the front pages of the newspapers getting into any trouble. He literally lives like everyone else in Wolverhampton. Yeah. Very, it you seems know, so kids are settled. Yeah. Yeah. So kids grounded. are very young. It seems like they've got this, like you know, the schooling and everything. They're looking after everything. Very, you know, obviously you've got a really understanding partner because that make, makes a big thing doesn't it if you, your family aren't settled yeah. or they fancy moving away now you know obviously they're all happy as well so who knows you know I mean, and, why would
4: you want to live in Madrid or Barcelona yeah and I mean you, got you, got got really, you, you got know somebody, somebody you got and and but, so he was asked that question
5: it. and he did say he did actually say that when he came here he goes it reminded him of his village in um, Portugal when he came here because it was not just he's not I don't think he's into like fashionable things and Flash materials Flash and, things. <laughs> but he isn't he's, his mentality is, yeah. he is more he's got peace of mind he's happy he's content the family and, and that's really really valuable in a, in a human being you, know? you talk about the, the things off the pitch with Ruben which he's settled but also I think he's, he's found a
3: home at the football club someone yeah. took him as and a young kid well. and, yeah. they, and they love him he's mm. grown here and I think when you speak to any of the Portuguese lads, they love it here. And I think it's a, it's a thing because it's Wolves and it's a thing because English football, but it's not the same as abroad. I no. think the fans will love you so much more here yes. than what they would do abroad. I think yeah. that's a feeling I get from them guys. Mm-hmm. And I think they really enjoy being part of it. So, like I said, if if the, if the and he's got team, enough Portuguese yeah, leads I know yes. Yeah, <laughs> if, right de- if the right deal's not out there, it wouldn't be out of the question for him to definitely start. Well, there's in some,
2: the some hope there. Yeah. Do you think? Do you you no, if
3: next if it, time no, you I speak
2: no, to yeah. Joe there or Ruben, no, Ruben you agent, agent Dave, you heard, it, you heard <laughs> it here first. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, um, you know, we could talk about Adama, but that situation rumbles on. I know you've got a question for Dave in a second, but there's another question here that I've thinking: What are your favourite matches? Or Matt, which, what would you say? You might be the same game, the Leeds game, for Wolves and for Shrewsbury.
3: Um, well, my actual favourite match for Wolves was the FA Cup win at Liverpool. Um, oh, just the 2 0 The 2 1. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. on and I was, I was, at, uh, was it Stearman
2: and and yeah. I remember being there and being there and the being so goal. stressed yeah, when, yeah. They got the, when they got the goal back and yeah. stuff like that. Can we hold on? Costa win on that. Big run, didn't Oh, mate. I couldn't believe that one that the start, could you? Yeah. And like, what was I the think, emotions like of that game, playing it?
3: I think it was for so many reasons. I think it, the stage I was at in my career, I was 30 years old. So, as I was saying before, I was able to take the game in properly. When yeah. you're younger, it passes you by a little bit. But I was able to take it I was captive. Yeah, it was an FA Cup game so that meant we had more tickets so we had the Hall of the Anfield oh, Road wh- and we had that song before Ruben took it off of me of we've got <laughs> and I remember stu- stu- <laughs> in, we stood we in stood in the tunnel I um, <laughs> remember the mascot's name Fletcher at the time I always remember his name the long lad yeah our mascot our war's mascot and we just sat in there as you kind of get him, or stood in there trying to get ready to get him. And all you can hear is that song. Yeah. Mm. And it was almost like pinched up. I'm at Anfield. It's 50,000 there. And they're out there. singing. And all you can hear is yeah, eight, eight or 9,000 Wolves fans singing that song. And that was real sort of, oh my God, this mm. is just. That's before incredible. you even stepped on the game. before we stepped on. Before yeah. You'll Never Walk Alone came on. And then I remember being in the circle before the game. Um, We're quite a youngish team. We made a few changes, Paul Lambert did. Um, and You'll Never Walk Alone was playing. I remember getting all the lads in the hustle um, as they kind of always do. No, I was just saying, just no team talk. Just listen, take this in. This might be the best day of your footballing career. So take it in, enjoy it. Listen to the song. Be present in the game as much as you can. You're at Anfield. Don't let it pass you by. That's my big. Don't let this game pass you by. And it went on to be probably a lot of the lads' best ever game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously the way the game played out, two not steer scoring in the first minute. He headed back across. I was, I think I'm thinking of nicking it off the line. <laughs> I was worried I might be offside. Um, he left you know, He did his shear. Yeah, I wasn't about to. So, um, but yeah, that was a Unbelievable start one minute special in. Special No, so it does not work at Liverpool. No. That was absolutely peak <laughs> how the not was. Man. I mean, was that just, was just... Unbelievable he was that season, Alder. What was that? When did they score the uh, the full one back? It was late on, it was like 80, 80 50th, something. Yeah. So, what was that yeah. last yeah. Yeah. 10 minutes like? Oh, like uh, yeah, Harry Burgoyne was gone. Yeah, Burgoyne, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 Was what was, was that last the 10 minutes really like? Oh, it's horrible. Did it seem was like it? it was half an hour? Forever, yeah, yeah. Forever. And just say, just clearing our lines. Remember, John Daddy came on and we were just clearing our lines and he actually had a chance from a good Oh, he did run for it. Yeah, 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 I remember that, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, just hanging. Couldn't get the ball off The clock's going slow, it's ball after ball into the box and it was it was tough, but. Yeah, that was special. That and the final
2: it? whistle, what did that feel like when the oh, whistle ladies, went? I've
3: got like photos of all of us kind of, because obviously the game finished down at the cop end because we're under pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're all on our knees shaking hands and then we all walk together up to the walls. Yeah. And it was just, yeah, it was amazing. Magical moments. Yeah. Great. And when you and know it's such a good day for fans as well. Because oh, at that point we yeah. hadn't had everything we've had now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. it was, that was a, a little moment of um, magic in what had been a tough four or five years leading up to that hadn't it? after yeah, the relegation and things day. like that so yeah it was it was amazing fantastic paul your question
0: yeah so my question you've kind of touched on this earlier but you said later on in your career you began working with a sports psychologist yeah. and if you don't mind i just wondered if you might elaborate on how that came about was it one-on-one what kind of things did you really take from it was there any particular skills that the psychologist was teaching you that you used to use on a regular basis can you just give us some insight into the into how that worked?
3: A lot of it for me was, um, was was reading books. Once I kind of understood that I need to use my mind better, from advice from speaking to doctors, psychologists, physios. Are really, physios are like counsellors at football clubs. Yeah, I so really are. It's not so much the work they do from the rehab; it's about getting your mindset right mm. for your recovery because everyone hates being injured, so you're down a lot of the time. Um, and then once I kind of got on that journey, I did a lot of reading and YouTube, everything like that to get the best out of myself. And the last my sort of last two or three years at Wolves was my most successful spell. I put it all down to the way I was, I was thinking. And it came about because I was having, we just had the double relegation. It was in League One and I couldn't get myself fit. I'd broken my foot with the moment I was, talking, I was telling yeah. you about. It. I'd had it fixed, i had it pinned. Um, but I kept breaking down all the time and we were getting scans on it. Nothing was wrong, but the pain was there. And I remember speaking to the physio at the time, a guy called Carl Howard. And he just said to me, whenever i frame anything whenever i talk about my injury i'm always talking about it in a negative way everything mm-hmm. i spoke about it was quite negative yeah. i said like i'm always injured i'm trying so hard to be fit but i can never be fit and it was just changing that mindset to turn it around to kind of control the things you control but frame yes. everything in a more positive way mm-hmm. yeah. so I used, I used to use a, a phrase called decatastrophizing situations yep. so what's the worst that could happen so if if I if I get injured, if I don't play well, what is the worst that can happen? I've got two healthy kids at home, I've got a lovely wife. It's not gonna be the be all and end all if even if I have to give up football. It's not there's there's more to things in life. So going through that process and then it was more in-game then. So getting into moments in game where there's a little stoppage in a game, whether it's a throw-in or something like that, and you know, I'd always have two or three key messages every single game, which when the ball went dead, I would like technical things that I would say to myself. So it'll be what, something in possession, something out of possession, and then maybe something else to kind of get me in the right frame of mind. But usually in possession, it was, I'd always say, check my shoulders, know what's around me. So every time the ball went dead, I would just be kind of just making sure I know what's around me all the time. Then out of possession, anticipate. So is there a chance I can get on the front foot to read a pass and things like that. But every time there was a moment in the game where your mind drifts, I would just snap out of it and come back to that. Um, but the main so thing—it's like a reset. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. like I said, the emotions in a game can carry you in ridiculous directions, and you end up not thinking. At you in football, everything's so instinctive, but you should never be. Your mind should never be drifting in a game because it's so in- intense. And I just found those would kind of my two key messages to make me play well with those things. If I was consciously thinking about it, then I'm more likely to do yeah. it. Yeah. So I would kind of keep going back to that. But just in gen, in general, like just be a lot more positive about situations. And then that helped me so much and I used to use visualisation quite a lot then in yep. the, the back end of my career on scoring goals and my best season scoring were later on in my career and I used to, like, yeah, every night before I went to bed before a game, every morning when I woke up, before I went out on the pitch I'd be visualising making that run across the front. And then the visualise it and then it happens. And then in the game you get to those moments and you've kind of already been Seen there in it. your mind so you, you do it again. And Is that and
0: something they, that you've like, yeah. Everything that you've just said is stuff that we're teaching when we're working with academy footballers yeah. or um, we're doing a lot of work with students preparing for exams yeah. and what you said about catastrophising things can be bad can't they but they can't be worse than bad Yeah. Um, and this black or white thinking it's the end of the world really yeah. You know, it, just having that you perspective know what? isn't it,
5: yeah. it uh, you, what you said when you were in that tunnel at Liverpool that's and the fans are singing that song See, but this that's that's is I've been <laughs> mentioning this all season it plays a huge impact on the whole atmosphere of the game. Even if fans psychologically, if you're going to a game thinking, Oh god, we're going if we lose this, we're gonna be down. You know, if yeah. you're on the front foot as a fan as well, yeah. and not only celebrating when we score, that's like that's reactive. Yeah. Actually, from the start saying it's nil-nil, it's nil-nil, we're in the game, we've got a point on the board already, and actually you start with a positive. And I get frustrated when people are just they sit back.
2: Man it? City man away, City man. Away.
5: Man City away. We went there and I'm in the lower tier and I'm looking around. I've lost my voice after five minutes. And literally everybody's just standing there because it's Man City and they're gonna beat us today and they're really good and they've got Haaland. And I'm sure players feed off the energy from the fans, like you just mentioned, when you're in that tunnel, you're hearing that song, mm. and you just Rise a little bit and it's the adrenaline starts pumping. It's like, you know, it's like me. I'm running the London Marathon. I know the crowd are going to be cheering Mm -hmm. and that's going to be energy for me. And they're going to be pushing me on to do things that I probably wouldn't be able to do without them. And I think it works in football as well. Right now, we need everybody on side. We need the fans, the players, the staff. We need from minute one, we need to go in with a positive uplifted attitude you know and not just wait and see what happens and if things go wrong oh well, well told you told you we was going to lose actually say well hang on we've still got 80 minutes to go and we can still get back in this game and, and, think... and that lethargy has come into even supporters following football and and since Covid people are blaming it. Is it been the same people have, have they struggled to come back and and you know, and I, I just say I'm always shouting at everybody around me to sing, to be more positive, to be more active, and not wait till you've scored a bloody goal. You know, Dave, I think that's a, a
2: quite a key message that you've actually managed to come <clears throat> to. There is like, you, I mean, like you talking about that game at Anfield and how you were feeling as a player, as the captain before you went on the pitch, and how that hearing that inspired you before you even took a step on the pitch that's kind of really key isn't it for these last 10 games for the players to feel that in the tunnel
3: it is and I really whenever people ask me this I really kind of try and give a fair argument I'm, I have to be really careful what I say because I don't want to criticise Wolves fans because they're amazing and everyone pays their mates to turn up and have their opinion yeah, yeah hard-earned money they come here and live but if, if every Wolves fan knew the effect they have oh. on a football match, they'd be shocked, honestly. I, didn't, I, sw- said about this, I spoke to Jerry Moutinho yeah. this week. He loves Wolves fans. Like, he is, honestly, you've, I've never seen anyone speak so fondly about Wolves fans. And we spoke about the Man United game in the FA Cup yeah. and he said they were going to win. From the, from the moment they came out, they were going to win. The, yes, the quarter-final. The quarter-final. Because yeah, so they haven't like oh, yeah yeah yeah. yeah, yeah that, I yeah, mean, so Molyneux was insane. Yeah, that, and they yeah. just did Wolves fans and they say that's, the best atmosphere they've been in mm. so the players almost knew Incredible they were going to win from the moment they walked out and they visualised
5: the winning they yeah. visualised the glory yeah, before they've just, stepped onto the pitch so
3: it plays such a huge part but I know it's a two way street that the players on the pitch need to give the fans something to yes. shout to get them, off a, get, get them off their seats and really bring that energy but if as a minimum the fans can bring that from the first whistle Oh man, that, that helps massively or even before it, the first whistle because my one, one criticism not, it's not a criticism but Observation, observation from, for when I come to watch walls and when I play in walls. When it's not a, a big game, if it's not a night game or if it's not a big team coming here, Bournemouth Home 3 yeah. o'clock, yeah. something like that. Yeah. The, ap- oh, yeah, the, players yeah need to, the players need to bring the atmosphere, which is mm. fair. Yeah. Yeah. If it kind of started the other way around, I'm yes. adamant that it would drive it a bit more. more, than more, than more. Than well, that fuse, goes, like, yeah. remember
4: those um, night games so under noon now, here. Yeah. And, the, you know, the, the music, blade just you were just excited before yeah. before we even yeah. kicked yeah. off, and, and that gives you a massive, massive yeah. advantage. You
5: remember like Man City at home when we played under Nuno? Everything went wrong for us. We're two down. We've had you know we had that pa- down, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Pa- we're no- but the fans suddenly yeah. rose as w- at once yeah. because we saw un- injustice on the pitch, yeah. and we roared, and the team responded, and it was a joint effort uh, uh, how we how yeah, we I mean, it is, back
3: in that it's match. cliche it's a twi- the 12th man but yeah. honestly it's so important and the Wolves fans when
4: they're on it they are so so good and so so Can important. I put it from another angle Dave equally say if you misplace a pass or yeah. and the fans get on your back or there's a boo or whatever or there's a you can does, a groan yeah <laughs> a groan yeah sorry not a boo but does, can that affect you can that, and then you That's think cool. next time I've got to put this pass right can, can, can that get in yeah, your head it,
3: it, it comes down to the psychology of things again yeah. but it, it definitely does affect you but I wouldn't say to the fans not to do that because again it's creating yeah. it's creating no. atmosphere and they're, they're just showing their frustration because they, they want you to yeah. do yep. so yeah. well yeah. Mm. but if I, like, I give the ball away a lot and you hear that groan and that, that does change my mindset for the next time I get the ball because I'm thinking right I maybe just try to pass and it hasn't come off yeah. and it's so, to a so let me next, just get man. a couple of safe passes away let and, up, yeah, and yeah, yeah, then yeah. I can go again and that's kind of Makes how sense. most footballers work. Well, I say football's on like me. I don't think Ruben will work like get the ball away. <laughs> <and just, laughs> anyway. do it anyway, because he's that, he's yeah. that good. Southbank getting on me yeah. back. But there obviously is types of players where if Ruben gave the ball away, there wouldn't be a groan as much with them. No, but then if, no. If, Because you're if sort of excited like, like, about some trying things things right. that someone else does, then there'd like be a, yeah, a groan straight away. But <clears> I wouldn't say that's a huge impact. I think that's just... Shit, fans showing they've got emotion and they want you to do well because they're frustrated if you don't do well. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think more just from bringing the atmosphere from kickoff, I think that can give the players a lift at the very start. Mm. But the players need to know how to get the fans going as well, and that comes from yeah. playing aggressive football at times, creating chances, even just shooting yeah. know, from mm. long distance. When Nevis has a shot, it yeah helps the crowd go doesn't it but you yeah, get that shoot yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So shoot every so
2: time a the... ball comes anywhere in dives. Dave that's absolutely brilliant it's a fantastic question and yeah. I think that's really insightful why we even take a little clip of that at some point before the Forest game and put that out maybe that'll just help the fans get on stock because that's, that's absolutely <laughs> brilliant shoot. I don't think they'll need riding up at the no, sea no, no, <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah I think they'll be alright yeah now right uh, before we just finish obviously we're going to just come on the reminder about your charity game but you know the big question that we've had and this is for everyone, is like our walls getting down. So, you know, how many points we're we going to get, where we're we going to finish, and who is going down. Who's the three that's going down? We'll go with you first on this one, Dave. What we're we going to finish on points and position, um, and
3: who's going down. Well, ten, 10 games left, and I think the next five games are the, the important ones. You don't want me go into that last five and still be, because that's tough, a yeah. tough finish of the season, isn't it? Um, I think we'll be fine. I can see. Three wins and a couple of draws in there at least. So so that's 38 yeah, points. Yeah, and I think that'll be enough. I, as a minimum, I see that as what Wolves will get. Mm. I think they can go on and exceed that. But as a minimum, I think they'll do that. And that'll be enough because there's so many teams below them that would, that would need to get to that level. Yeah. Um, Not everyone will. Have, but yeah. So you know where, I mean? where do you think will Whereas, we'll if, whereas if Wolves were, if it was a, between four teams rather than eight, then it'd be a different story. So I think that'll, that'll finish Wolves pretty much where they are at the moment. I think so around finish, about yeah. thirteen. Yeah, that'd be amazing and who's
2: going to go down then in your opinion
3: and that's a tough <laughs> thing well from, from a from a selfish point of view and doing sort of being having opportunities to do commentary on the EFL games yeah. it'd be great for the big teams to come down so yeah. for, for West Ham and Everton and teams <laughs> I have to see in the championship but my mate Connor's at, um, at Everton so I don't want to see them go down I think I do think Bournemouth and Southampton although they've rallied I think those two will go down and then after seeing Leeds on Saturday, I know they, they beat us, but I, didn't think, I thought they were a poor team, I yeah. think, compared <clears throat> to other teams in and around it. So um, I didn't think they scored three goals out of absolutely nothing. But in between that, I thought Wolves were, were superior. Um, Just
2: on the Connor situation, because obviously we had you know, mentioned, obviously, he's out to Everton, is out the team at the moment. Obviously, Bruno made those decisions, what were happening in the summer, what was your kind of take on that and feeling on that? Um, and, yeah. you know, speak, knowing Connor, I mean, uh, you don't have to get too much no, into the detail. I think it was,
3: the biggest thing I felt it was a real shame that his, how much he's done to the club. Because I said, on so many occasions, I thought he was the most important player to wear a wall shirt since Steve Ball yeah. for what he did for the football club, on and off the pitch and leading the football club and still now, he's he's such a great guy. I'm not just saying it's he's, my, he's my mate, but, um, I really think he was he was really important to the football club, and for him not to get the the right send off and probably leaving a little bit of fans not a million percent behind him like they would have been maybe six months earlier, yeah. or whatever. I think that was probably the biggest shame at like, the whole situation that he didn't leave at the end of the season and it was like thank you so much for everything you've done, you've been amazing, you've given your heart and soul to this football club, which he did. Uh, he kind of left on the bit of a cloud, and I thought well, that was a bit of a from shame. the
2: way I, it kind of come across is that Bruno had made a decision he was going to. Play this sort of system, and Connor wasn't. Even though his was captain wasn't going to be in there, the World Cup was coming up, and then they facilitated the move to Dingin. And, and it's kind of you don't really know how he was feeling about that, how it was portrayed, because it was. It's all happened under a different management. You yeah. know that a lot of people have changed. We saw lot the likes of Rudy and Saez and all of those sort of leaders that lost yeah. the dressing room, and it's no surprise in some ways that Wolves then have struggled early season because yeah. of that. Yeah. Um, and obviously, if we'd have said at the end of last season that Connor wouldn't be here at the start of next season, and when the Everton fans couldn't believe that they got him yeah. for like what had happened, it was it was a bit of a shock. It's like, you know, Connor, had, as you say, had given a, a lot, was proud to be the captain, and you know him quite really really well. It's kind of like, you know,
3: he, I suppose it'll all come out in the wash at some point.
2: Did he, um, did he
3: feel really down about it? I think yeah. I think obviously. What he's given to the football club, I'm sure, and I'm sure he will do. Time heals a lot of stuff, yeah. and I'm sure Wolves but he'll have an unbelievable relationship with Wolves oh, fans yeah, absolutely. in a few years time because he saved me so. We important. put together a video for he's him so from a lot of, of fans, club. basically a lot
2: of fans that when he went, we yeah. we actually on the channel, yeah. we had around about 40, 50 fans that sent in all sent in messages yeah. saying thank you for what you did, yeah. and, and, that, stuff and that's
3: like that. and that's great. And I think when he's obviously a, a great footballer, and you can see that from what he's done at Wolves, and obviously you can't play for England unless you're a good player um but i think it's probably his biggest skill is he enhances everyone else around him mm-hmm. in terms of their performances and there's no i don't think it's no um coincidence that max killman for max killman's form dipped not being alongside connor and then dawson comes in and, and he's, he's lifted it again yeah absolutely um absolutely. and that's no that's nothing against nathan collins or anything like that, yeah. they're young but having an experienced head alongside you and i used to love playing with with Connor, not even when he was in defence in midfield, because he gives you a picture of the game with information when it's happening. So as a midfielder, that's amazing. He was playing at right back he's a lot. The back it, eh? so, but not just for the sake of it, he gives information all the time. And people yeah. have heard that in lockdown. He's telling you where players are around you, if someone's running off you, if you've got time to turn. And if you do something well, he's like ultra positive to you as well. Yeah. And I think Max, Max Kilman would have loved playing alongside him for that reason. He would have mm. talked him through games. And probably that's a big reason why he stepped up to that level so quickly and so well, because he had Conor alongside him. Um, and that was one of the biggest things in his game. then obviously, you speak to any of the Portuguese lads, they love him. just because yeah. I think he, he's the glue which kind of holds me together. To yeah, him, isn't he? Very good friends of him. Um, and he's just got that bubbly personality that it's quite like being positive. He's, still yeah. technically. He's, the, he's the other way. It's hard to be in a bad mood around him. He's that positive. Yeah. Um, he's
2: still technically a Wolves player as well. He I don't is, know. Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> know how
3: God knows what the, the agreement <laughs> is, but... Obviously I think they've is got an. I think they've got an option yeah. to buy Everton. If known. he's not playing at Everton and they don't pull out, is he still a Wolves player then? And comes uh, back and then Lopetegui. I, I well, technically, know, but yeah, I think, yeah, that
2: could happen. So. But that's really good. I didn't want to put too much on that because yeah.
3: like, it's got, as
2: you mentioned it. I thought, I'd, you know, as a host, I'd chip that one in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul um, points. Well, we I think finishing? we'll get
0: twelve points from the ten games. One point two points per match, which so I think you know, which is roughly what we've been getting or perhaps even slightly under um, an issue that I've got is I, I worry about um, like if we're a goal down in a game sometimes we really struggle to turn that into a draw uh, and I think s- that might help us really get over the line if we can turn a few 1-0s 2-1s when they're against us into a 2-2 two two or a 1-1 one one. Yeah. I think the results will come where we probably don't expect them probably like, like, we'll be looking at this list and thinking Palace yeah. at home we're thinking, uh, Brentford at home, you know. that's where we're going to get the points. It probably won't work like that, and, and it never does. Yeah. But I do think we'll have enough to uh, stay up. I think a couple of teams will overtake us, so I think we'll probably finish in 15th. And as for the three that are getting relegated, really you could put it. names in a hat. You really could, and I'd probably give you a different answer two weeks time from now because it just well, what, he's, he's sitting going, on the fence he's doing it again he? this
2: is like you know yeah, it's, but it's like you're a doctor uh, now you know uh, everything
0: yeah but is what I've said right or wrong it's it, ch- right. it changes it's all right. the time
2: it's right but you can't dodge it he's going down because at the end of the season we're going to look at this somehow. Oh, got so, my Dave's gone with Everton, West Ham and who was the other one? no so I said <laughs> Bournemouth, Southampton and Leeds, Leeds Bournemouth, thing. Southampton Leeds whoops yeah.
0: yeah I mean I think Bournemouth and Southampton are likely, but they're not nailed on. No, like, the, not. like people were saying a few weeks ago, everyone was saying it's those two and one more. Yeah. I think the third team, you know, you could really pick any, but I'll, I'll probably say Forrest, yeah. um, simply because they're so reliant on the points at home. And if that stops, then they're in big trouble. They've only scored four goals away from home, haven't they? But equally their home record, if they maintain it, Very could good. Save Very them. Good. Yeah. it could save them. Keep going Forrest. Uh, so I will, will say then, but literally it could be anyone in that pack.
5: Manny. Yeah. So, um, you know, I divide it up into two five-game sections, like David said. We don't yeah. want to go, personally, you know, Brighton away, Man United away, Arsenal away, our, our last three away and games. And we got, we've got Midland derby with yeah. Villa coming in, and, <clears> and <throat> so, we've got Everton. You know, when you play the Forest, Leicester and Palace, those three games, you're playing against teams that are directly rivals against you and you find traditionally in the Premier League, whether it's at the top or the bottom, those crucial matches are always the key matches. They are the ones that decide because it literally buries the other side if you beat them because you open up a gap or they go above you. So psychologically, it's huge and um, uh, I just think we've got to really focus on these, you know, Ten games, but these first five, Arsenal are going to be in the title race, aren't they? All the way, oh, they yeah, are going to be are, there. Yeah. All Can the you way. imagine if we have to go? Man to City that will have to do to really, really well. I mean, and it's a worry, Should but early, you know, yeah. we could have the greatest day of our lives, couldn't we? Because. Typical Wolves could turn up You know Imagine. what
2: it's strange it may have said that wouldn't surprise me because surprise that'd be so you, wild, yeah. that. Would. Football does, it, doesn't come to it that. wouldn't
5: surprise me So for me you know the, the, those three games I look at Forest, Leicester and Crystal Palace because yeah. they're direct rivals and um, I, I think we'll get I've gone for 11 points So that's going to put us on 38 <laughs> Only once as a team got over 40 that was 42 West Ham and gone down 40 is usually like you know everybody aims for but the average has always been 36 so above 36 and you go down is probably unlucky but we've got to go a little bit higher I think we just can't risk going to that last game in terms of teams going down I think I'll agree with Southampton and Bournemouth um, even though I think they're still pulling up and doing really well and picking out results but the other side I worry for is Crystal Palace Mm. And the reason is, mm. Wolves at the moment we're struggling, but we're creating chances. We saw against Leeds, we saw against, um, uh, you know, Spurs. We're creating a lot of chances. Palace were the first ever side in Premier League history <laughs> to go three games without even having a shot on so target. That's actually Fighting at Palace, and what they've done, what they've done, was the most shocking decision I've ever seen. They got rid of Patrick Vieira, who six months ago people were saying, "Wow, it's what going am to be I the next yeah. straight the the game, And they've gone back to Roy, Roy, we know Roy Hodgson; his experience, he's been there. But it's like <sighs> after the run they've been on as well; they've had after a real the, tough yes, ride. Yeah. Give him three games, three like, games really you know. Easier. I just so and now the of the they have literally Gambled. they've got four points since. The new year, they
2: yeah. were flying, weren't
5: they? They're their bottom of the form table. No wins in 20, they were 20, 20, well clear, yeah. and they now they're suddenly the top so. Top that, that for me, cool. yeah. they are under extreme pressure. One more defeat, they lost the last game by four again. You know, they're losing quite heavily, and they're not scoring goals. Their one outlet, Zaha, is dried up, and if he dries up, nobody's leaving as well. Yeah. And, and then he's is got the, that on yeah. his head where. As you're getting down to the bottom, the more he'll probably be thinking about my next move, my next move. I need to get away now because we're going down. So I worry and I don't worry about them because I'm not a Palace fan, but I think they will be going the ones Palace. that slip down. So i what I'm position go, are we finishing? And we I haven't got a the, the position could be anything between thirteenth and seventeenth because of the, the points. And I'll also you, you could literally say anything, but anything above 16th, 17th is Cartwheel time for yep. me is like you know free samosas for all. If so, it's a 17th, and, you're gonna uh, go, go 17th. Yeah, then. so I'm gonna go 16th. I'll go 16th. Um, but the, those three games: Forest, Leicester, and Palace. Big games, finals. Three so. go down for me. Um,
4: can't disagree with the Southampton and Bournemouth, um, and I think Crystal Palace been three four. Wow, yeah. okay. But I would give anything for Forest to take any of their places. Yeah. Um, in, in regards to points, I think 10 points realistically. Hopefully, uh, 37. We, yeah, we, we, we could be saying so something. It's going
5: to go to the wire,
4: isn't it? I think, yeah, it's going to be 10, 11 points. And like me and Dave were speaking beforehand, if it does go to the wire and we've got to beat Arsenal away, and they've got to win the league or they've got to, you know... Get a point. Get a point to win the... Listen, it, anyway. It, hopefully it won't come to that. Hopefully it'll be all be wrapped up by... The Man United Everton game, we'd hope. It
2: always comes back to. I remember that Blackburn game when we was it Blackburn no. that we. <laughs> yeah. It, I've never seen the most surreal game. and no. Celebrated a loss so much. Three yeah, 0 down, yeah. it's three two. It's a bit like both teams are sort of saying, "You have it for a bit," because if we score, we're knocking wanna... Blackburn yeah. do You remember that? It's yeah, like, yeah.
3: I was I was, just, I was injured that game. I was in here watching it on that yeah. on well, on that, tell you that. Oh, We were sending messages out to Mick on the on well, the yeah. side to kind of yeah. say. I the you know, team's going half time we were doomed weren't we yeah. it was, it it was, it was results, a bit like Saturdays match three, so <laughs> three. Black, blackpool were doing well at man united i mean bernigan were, yeah. were doing no
5: Birmingham were doing well at Spurs. they were winning that's right
3: yeah oh, and then it all changed
5: wigan wigan, wigan winning were winning as well we winning they st- they were staying up and it was all going was it, it t-
2: was it was it was it Hunt that scored the second goal it was right in like it was beautiful goal curled it in and then it was 3-2 and then the result went the other way with Birmingham. Tottenham took the, yeah. took the lead, didn't they? And they were like panicking. And then it was like, OK. Um, and then it was like the last two or three minutes. Blackburn didn't want to attack in case we caught them on the break yeah. and scored and they go down. And yeah. then it, it was a surreal they was game. Just, they just were just, just keeping in. the
3: ball, weren't they? And I remember everyone else was sitting off and the message was to Stephen Hunt, who just loved tackling. He kept edging to go all the time. <laughs> He's like, I need to tackle. I need to do something. But then everyone else stood off. Is yeah, he there
2: it. the weekend?
3: Anteus, yeah, Yeah, so you'll yeah. be there again. Yeah, yeah. That'd be
2: great. Fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. We're going to
4: finish. Yeah. Um, you'd you'd bite anyone's hands off for 17th now, realistically. But I think we're going to finish 16th. I don't know. But yeah, we'll, we'll take 17th, wouldn't we?
2: Well, I'm going to go 38 points. Yeah. Um, maybe 39. Mm-hmm. Three wins, three draws, perhaps. Um, and I'm going to go 15th. 15th, to fourteen, I think. In the end, I think so. That's one So we're all. We'll you'd be up. happy we'll to know, know that we're all think we're gonna we're gonna stay off.
4: You said relegated before, Dave. <laughs> you're <laughs> you're I've been saying was. all saying season. Been, I mean, come on. Out.
2: They've spent so. If we go down, it'd be an absolute disaster, wouldn't it? So we've got to stop up. But uh, we do believe we'll have enough. And like you're saying, there's about eight teams in the mix. Um, so it just goes to um, to say, Dave. Obviously, absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for. Uh, for joining us today and we started off the uh, the podcast by talking about obviously your charity game and uh, the one thing i would say is like you know dave's come tonight and obviously he's put a lot of time and effort It's for an absolutely fantastic cause just give it another little plug for everyone before we finish. Yeah
3: and any walls fans there is no walls game this weekend so if you want that football fix and you can get yourself down the M54 then it'd be amazing to see as many fans there as possible because there's such a good group of players who are playing in that game Two amazing causes. The difference that the money raised will make will be incredible for, us, in particular, Little Rascals Foundation, what we do. So we are. We don't get any funding from outside sources. We don't get anything at all. Everything is from fundraising events and stuff we make in the centre. So it'll make a big difference. But for the fans, to see those players on the pitch, it'll be a great day. Real family day. Opportunities to see these lads playing again. Probably the last time you'll get to see this team playing together. So if you've got a couple of hours on Sunday, it's. Still have time to get back in time and for the, England the game tickets? as well. So they're twelve pound. Twelve pound. Twelve, £12 on pounds, the goal Yeah. As well. kids, are, kids, are a quid, I think. So kids for a quid. Yeah. So um, yeah, get yourself down. And I say you've Brilliant. got enough time to get back and watch the England game after because that's not till five. So.
4: And can I just say,
3: I've got a disabled daughter, and the, we've built a little sanctuary in my home. And
4: what she gets from it is amazing, and I can see the first-hand difference it makes. So you know, Wolves fans, please support it because. That's a really, really great project. Brilliant. Absolutely. Thanks, thank
2: you. Absolutely. And you can obviously follow Dave Edwards on, uh, on, the diff-
3: on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, it's all underscore Dave Edwards. That's Absolutely. It Fantastic,
2: Dave. <laughs> Jason, um, your next event is?
4: 30th of this month with Doug her, a former vice chairman in the 80s. So we're doing a charity night at uh, the Mount Hotel. Raising money for Breast Cancer Now, the RWT charity and the 1P36 Family Trust.
2: And it's Lord Jason Guy, is it? On it's Wall's
4: Premier on Twitter. Wall's Premier. Uh, yeah, yeah. we
2: <laughs> the Lord now. No, we've, got <laughs> <a> Lord. <laughs> no, we've got a doctor here. Doctor, <laughs> Lord. yeah. It's doctor actually, overall. I Rob feel Lord. absolutely humbled. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a doctor in the house. Doctor who? A doctor. Doctor Man? I'm waiting for King Dazzling Dave. Uh, yeah, well, no. <laughs> Listen, mate. Um. Again, congratulations for that. I people find you
0: on socials. It's just at Paul Mansell 10. I've not changed my handle to anything. <laughs> you have put Doctor
2: on there. Apparently. Well, yeah, but that's not my handle. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: yeah, but um, feel free to, to follow. And um, I'm still the same person, even though I've got the title.
2: I'm like, no, I'm still, yeah, I'm, we're, we're really, really proud of you. Uh, Manny, your next, uh, again, your yeah, next Yeah, we've got
5: um, Samosa Saturdays returning for the 17th time. Um, against Chelsea at home, uh, we'll be there eleven o'clock till kickoff. It's also the Foundation fixture. and We're going to put a percentage of our um, takings towards um, uh, towards, that as well. towards that as well. It's uh, you know the fans are just unbelievable. We always run out. We make three thousand samosas, and they're all gone by half two, and then we have a fight for the last one. So it's just an unbelievable you know effort by so many people, and um, uh, I thank everyone for joining in. And then two weeks after that. The London Marathon, which is just a little run around London, <laughs> and I've just got to thank everybody who's already sponsored, who's already given and encouraged and supported. I had a fan the other day, literally, you know, I've never spoke to him again and don't even know who he is. Strike just five hundred quid. There you go. Some unbelievable, are yeah, the... and and you know the amount we've raised is just honestly, I just shake my head. I just can't understand. Um, how it all works but it does and i uh, really grateful for all the support and you can follow me at pedal sing on twitter or on uh, facebook instagram under my name and keep supporting keep supporting the charities keep supporting these causes isn't it great that former players fans you know want to go out there and make a difference in, in the name of this game you know football gets such a bad tarnished image english football english football fans and yet, there's so much great people out there, and, and and Dave talks about focusing on the positive. There's a huge positive, and everyone joins in and they contribute. Wolves fans are unbelievable at, at giving back to so many causes. So. Thank you. Man,
4: you've missed yeah. a treat. You could have sold loads of samosas. I've <laughs> <day. Mate, laughs> done so yeah. many. Honestly, time, <coughs> literally, get the old samosas <laughs> all there as well. <laughs> well you know, I mean, every. I
5: mean, last samosa they raised six and a half grand. We raised six or seven thousand pounds every, every event, and it's just unreal, you know. And it's just a simple thing. And we, we've, we started like you know charging for the samosas. And now we say, just come and have a samosa if you want to donate. Give what You, you want can, and if you don't doesn't matter just have something to eat and people just empty their pockets and it's brilliant and um so thank you very much and hopefully can raise a big total again
2: and i'm looking forward to helping out for the chelsea game uh you can get me all socials dazzling dave and of course uh, you can follow always wolves on uh, you know always wolves on we're even on tiktok now and obviously no uh, dancing on, on, Dave. on the, uh, on the, on the, on the youtube <laughs> channel and everything yeah I, that was just living lockdown when i was bored man um but yeah absolutely brilliant so and um finally just to, to close dave thank you so much for giving up your time i know oh, been been incredibly incredibly busy you know, i hope you've enjoyed it yeah and uh you know get down on sunday uh support this event it's for an amazing cause and it's going to make a difference to a lot of young people and stuff like that. And it's an incredible charity, but thank you so much Thanks, for joining guys. us. Thank you very much. Cheers. And um, yeah, from all of us here, keep the faith. Remember, Wolves' motto is out of darkness, come us light.
5: We're staying up. We're going to stay up. <laughs> Always Wolves.
1: For full, important safety information, visit juviderm.com.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport
6: Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.